0: It It is is the the 21st century, there are too many video games, but out there, it's waiting, the best video game you've never played. played uh this is it this is the last episode that i have planned in for this series uh we're going to be uh going to be chatting to sam went about um well look you've you've hopefully read the title of the podcast and um i didn't expect that on a podcast called the best video game you've Never played where the whole point of the show was to uh, play new obscure cult classic video games that people grew up with that maybe I'd never heard of and then have a chat about them, see what we thought about them. I never thought I would be doing a podcast in this series where the subject was one of the most famous celebrated and indeed beloved video games ever made. So, I'm not going to hesitate any further. Let's go talk to Sam about what is widely considered the greatest video game ever made. (music) Hello, Sam. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good, Lewis. Very happy to be back.
0: Now, Sam, we need to have a chat about the name and the premise of this podcast, because when you originally came on the podcast, you pitched to me The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which is... Fair enough. Was a video game I'd never played before, and thus fulfilled the criteria of the show, which is that my guests recommend a game to me that I've never played before. But was also at the time the most awarded video game of all time at the time that you recommended it to me.
1: And the show is the best video game you've never played, so I think that's more a question of why you didn't play the most awarded game on this <laughs>
0: podcast. Now, look, here's the thing, Sam is. We then had a chat afterwards. We, uh, we, you know, we socialised generally outside of the the context of podcasts. And it occurred during a conversation that we had that you basically haven't played. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically say you've never finished a Nintendo game. I think that's fair to say.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's difficult to finish a game for a console you don't own. And I, I am someone that, for my sins, has only ever owned Sony consoles. I am one of the three people on Earth who owns a PlayStation Vita.
0: I also own a PlayStation Vita and I think you were a major deciding factor in like <laughs> making me feel like it was a good idea to get one. And I'll tell you what, you weren't wrong. I actually, I actually, I'm a big advocate for the PlayStation Vita. But here's the thing. So we found out you hadn't played any Nintendo games and mm. that made me realise that you had never played some of the biggest franchises and video games. I think it's fair to say, I mean, the, the biggest franchise in the world is Pokemon, which is Nintendo owns a third of. Uh within video games Mario is one of the largest franchises going and you've never finished a Mario game. I know you've played some. You told never me that played you played
1: Nintendo Dogs either.
0: You never played Nintendo Dogs. I don't think Nintendo Dogs is that big. Um <laughs> like basically when it comes to there was a time, there was a time in history when video games were referred to as the Nintendo. Nintendo just dominates this industry. They are an irrefutable, irremovable part of it. So the fact you've never played any of their games I, I could, I couldn't not address that. I couldn't not say to you, "Oh yeah, no, play this obscure indie game after you gave me The Witcher 3. Like I had, we had to address it. And look, we toyed with the idea of maybe giving you Metal Gear Solid, which I'm stunned you haven't played, given you're a uh, you're someone who's only ever owned Sony consoles. Given that Metal Gear Solid is probably one of the best franchises on Sony's platform, that is exclusive to it. Yeah, that's another sin of mine I need to correct at some point. <laughs> But look, we are here to discuss, and I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast called The Best Video Game You've Never Played. We're here to discuss The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. A video game I had never played. A video game that you've never played. Now, look, I can't... I can't begin to emphasize. So we should we should clear it beforehand. Uh, you are playing it on a 2DS. You're playing the 3DS remake on a 2DS because that is the version of the game that for my sins, for my sins, Sam, as someone who is a fan of The Legend of Zelda and who is a fan of Nintendo, that is apparently the copy of Ocarina of Time I own because I actually played my brother's copy and he has taken it with him because he loves it. He can't play it. He doesn't have the console required to play Ocarina of Time. But he he
1: stuck it on the wall like a trophy.
0: He, yeah, he reveres the game so much, it is his game. So he keeps it, and he, like, looks after it. So you were playing the 2DS version of Ocarina of Time. And I I need to now introduce the listener, somehow, to The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So what I've done is I've gone online, and, like, right now, if you've gone Metacritic, Ocarina of Time is currently listed as the highest-rated video game ever. Ever made. There's another video game at the moment with a score of a hundred, but because it only has four reviews, Metacritic don't count that, which I think's fair enough.
1: Are you sure we I shouldn't have played that
0: as the greatest video game of all <laughs> well, time? I, I haven't played that, so I can't recommend that to you. But look, look, look. I have gone and found some of these reviews. Some are contemporary, some are old. So this is my introduction for the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time.
1: Do you want me to guess whether they're new reviews or old reviews?
0: Yeah, go on then, go on then. Some of these these are from um, the 21st century and some of these are from the 20th.
1: Okay, let's give it a go, I'm game.
0: Brilliance can't be classified in clinical standards because art is an experimental science, but time, whether weeks, months, years or decades, judges the enduring qualities of a work and its authors. Ocarina of Time is as fresh vibrant and luminous as it ever was, and the most powerful example of video game expression. Pass it on to your kids.
1: Well, this, uh, I feel like this one is going to be as hard as 80% of Ocarina of Time's puzzles, <laughs> uh, and I am going to say this is a review from the 21st century?
0: Yes, that was Eurogamer Tom Macy in 2013 so uh i'm actually i'm actually gonna level with you i think only one of these is from the 20th century okay (laughs) even with the 3ds's substantial upgrade i feel like the developers had a keen sense of what made the original game special they didn't paint over the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel they just filled in some of the cracks That was Wired, Chris Kohler, 2011. Yeah, all of these are obvious because a lot of them are just about, yeah. Revisiting Ocarina of Time reminded me of the brilliance of its design, the intricate motivations behind its inhabitants, and the ways the designers pushed polygonal gaming into something akin to an orchestral performance, with rhythms and melodies blending seamlessly into each other. The game's timelessness evoked personal memories that made me feel like I was going back in time to visit an old friend. The 3DS was my ocarina, and it played a melody that, fortunately, keeps getting better with time. Kotaku, Peter Tiras, September 2020. So that is... I see what they did there. Yeah, that is less than a year old, that quote. There's so many more. There's so many more quotes here that that just lift this out. And I just, you know... Rarely is there such a perfect mixture of graphics, sound, and gameplay that even the most cynical players will admit that Zelda 64 is poised to shape the action RPG genre for years to come. That was IGN in 1998. The first 10 out of 10 that IGN ever gave out. And there is a whole story about how, how many arguments they had to have in the office before they agreed that it deserved 10 out of 10.
1: I feel like I'm being set up as the most cynical gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I have
0: to I have to tell you, Sam. Uh, recommending Ocarina of Time to you, I feel like, is not something that I felt bad about in the sense that I was, like, worried you weren't going to enjoy it. I felt bad about it, because if you didn't enjoy it, man is the current against you. <laughs> like... I don't I, I wrote none of those quotes those are all quotes I plucked off the internet based on people that I thought would be like good good for this the cultural assumption and I believe it's bore out in terms of if you go to top 100 game lists of all times is that ocarina of time is the best video game ever made and now i don't think it's the case that people would say it's their personal favorite video game i think there's a lot of divisiveness even within the zelda community there'll be people annoyed that i made you play ocarina of time as the first zelda game there'll be people saying i should have made you play majora's mask or that you should have played uh, twilight princess or wind waker but no there is no point in getting you to play any other zelda game other than the one that i listened to the soundtrack before we did this and I welled up a little bit because it means so much to the people who played it. So Sam, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, what did you think?
1: Um, I feel like I may be swimming against the covent here. <laughs> and if I disappear shortly after this podcast comes out, I would like it to be treated as suspicious. And everyone who owns a Switch is a suspect.
0: The Switch is sadly one of the consoles you can't play it on. I wish I could play Ocarina of Time on the Switch. I absolutely would.
1: Okay, I... I, I had
0: issues with it. I mm. <sighs> Let's not beat around the bush. This game is coming up on 23 years old. This is not a modern video game. And, like, I think one of the things that's... I, this is the thing. I want to kind of... I kind of want to preemptively defend it by saying, like ocarina of time is a special game because it's the first of its type or it's the first to kind of push these boundaries and push into this world of 3d gaming on a scale that's not necessarily like level goal objective it's not it's not just about like you know in mario 64 where you like grab the star end the level move on it's more about this idea of an organic world with organic things but also i didn't play this game when it came out i played this game years later when it came when it was on the gamecube i played the the 2ds copy that i lent to you I still love this game. I still think this game's great.
1: It was it was difficult when I was playing it and thinking about... Because obviously I was thinking about coming on this podcast because I'm playing it for this podcast. And I was trying to... I looked up other games that came out in 1998 to see which ones I played. And I'd not really played... I, of course I played games that came out in 1998, but I don't think that the original Half-Life or... Civilization Two are really games that fall into the same category as Ocarina of Time, and I I tried to come into this with as neutral to positive expectations as I as I possibly could. Now I am I am not someone who's been particularly uh, interested in Nintendo games. I've been a, like a, a Sony kid uh, for most of my life. I think that's been established, but I've been aware. Of The Legend of Zelda, because of course I have. I've not been living under a rock. And a lot of games I really like have been compared to uh, The Legend of Zelda series. I'm a big fan of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which was very heavily compared to the Zelda series on its release. I brought Witcher 3 onto this podcast, which has also been compared to the Zelda series. And, Lewis, have you have you ever looked at the the YouTube genre ps1 demakes
0: Uh, i'm aware of it yes i think uh control did a a fun halloween not halloween fun a fun april fool's day demake of their own game as it were
1: yeah they're sort of like pixelated but there's there's others out there which sort of like do try and like approximate a modern game if it was running on an original playstation Mm. so i when i imagined what zelda was going to be like I came with this idea, like imagining the games that I knew that had been compared to Zelda, which are Horizon games like that. PS One D made, <laughs> and because I had heard it was the greatest video game of all time, I was, I was kind of sceptical of that reputation. But I was, I was imagining it to be a pretty good PS One D make of the sort of game I like, and that's the expectation I was coming in here with. So I i didn't come in trying to be a contrarian. I just want to, like, get that out up front.
0: <laughs> no, I think that's fair enough. And I think this is one of the things that I thought was quite different. One of the things I was sort of, like, uh, itchy about giving this game out and saying that you should play this one. The thing that made me itchy about it was I knew it wasn't going to be that. Like, the truth is, particularly with something like Ocarina of Time... And, like, I think, it's a, I think it's something that applies to Nintendo as a rule, but I think in particular to Zelda, is there's lots of imitators, but nothing's actually quite like Nintendo games. Nothing's actually the same. Like, it, you know, there's any number of 3D platforms that exist in the world following the creation of Super Mario 64. None of them are actually like Mario 64, except maybe Banjo-Kazooie, which Nintendo also published. Like, there's no video game that's like The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, except The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. And then even then, if you go, like, one step ahead of Twilight Princess to the next game, that game's not really like Ocarina of Time either. Like, these games are, in a way, they're, like, the sort of design zenith of their generation, and then when they go to make the next one, they pick up like the themes of the previous game and go, well, let's just do, let, now we've got to do something new with these themes, something new with these ideas. And it's sort of like this bizarre, every Zelda game feels like an adaptation of the previous Zelda game to the current design sensibilities of that console. And so when you're saying like, oh, I'm expecting a make of The Witcher 3 or a make of Horizon for Zelda. No, those games are nothing like The Legend of Zelda. Like I, people, I people compare agree. them fairly shallowly because actually, because what Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Zero Dawn is more like Grand Theft Auto because it's an open world. You go to mission markers, you pick up missions, you do missions, you go back to mission markers, story progresses. Zelda does not do that. There is no such thing as picking up a quest in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. You just exist.
1: No, which is where it sort of like breaks with sort of standard RPG formula that was established even at the time. And one thing I did pick out from those reviews you read out to me to show me that the weight of the world was against (laughs) me was uh, that I think it was the one from, uh, from the time called it an action RPG. And it's not... It's a puzzle game.
0: Now, that is an interesting distinction to make because I disagree. I definitely think The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is an action RPG. I think the RPG element is dubious because what is an RPG? RPG is outside of action adventure. It's the most amorphous genre. Like, is a skill tree an RPG? Not really. Do you have to create your own character to be an RPG? Well, then most RPGs aren't RPGs like i, I think, think
1: it's th- if you can see the developers have played dungeons and dragons
0: you don't think the developers have played dungeons and dragons when they're making ocarina of time
1: not really it's it's not kind of like trying to imitate those mechanics as most typical crpgs would especially i mean at
0: that's the time. that's quite a westernized view as well because i think the rpg originates from japan where they are unlikely to have played dungeons and dragons like the first RPGs are uh, things like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy so the RPG is a a Japanese like genre in Uh, terms of video games I
1: I don't wish to correct you on your own (laughs) podcast but no, the RPG did originate uh, in Japan and the West separately as a video game genre Uh, it came from the West first uh, but it was sort of like completely separate and developed very separately but both uh, the original sort of like Western RPG developers and Japanese RPG developers were inspired by the original Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Sorry, okay. I am a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> podcast host. I know about the influence <laughs> of Dungeons and Dragons on video
0: games. Okay, that's quite interesting. But I think the point is, I don't think, I don't think because the Legend of Zelda is not like Dungeons and Dragons, that it's not an RPG
1: oh no oh no no but what i'm saying is like most of the video game rpg genre, and we're kind of getting off on the aggression here we are we sort of are like you, you you can see like an extrapolation of video game mechanics from tabletop okay role playing so th- mechanics
0: so i think rpg is amorphous and we can't win that. i mm. think i think arguing what is and isn't an rpg is like impossible but i can def i can we agree it's an action game
1: I hope you edit out my long pause from the podcast, (laughs) because that was me working out how to say no.
0: Right, there are fights in this game, you have a health bar, you have a sword, there are fighting mechanics, there's blocking, there's dodging, there's boss fights, there's different ways to address different enemies, you have an array of items for attacking them, they have internalised health bars. If this is not an action game, what is an action game?
1: Okay, I... There is combat there, and... This is this is something I absolutely hate as like a, a feature of video game <laughs> criticism and I think is used way too often the refrain, why does this game have combat? But when it mm. comes to Ocarina of Time, why does this game have combat? Because, because most most of the enemies in Ocarina of Time are just you swing your sword. And they die, which I know sounds very like combat, but (laughs) there's no challenge to them. There's no kind of like, you don't really need to engage with the combat mechanics. Like I would come up with like a lot of the enemies in Ocarina of Time and I've played almost to the end are amorphous slugs. Is you see an amorphous slug before the amorphous slug can attack you. You bash it once with your sword. It's gone. It's not a factor in combat. Sometimes you pick up some arrows or some bombs the only enemies the only enemies in Ocarina of Time where you actually have to engage with the game's loose combat system are those skeleton blokes in armour. They are the only play- enemies in the game where I really say oh, there is Sam. combat and an action element. Sam, the you've dug yourself monsters, such a huge the hole. boss monsters. The boss monsters are puzzles. Like I agree, way- I agree the bosses, agree are, the designed- bosses are
0: puzzles. Yeah, I agree the bosses are puzzles, but I don't think that doesn't mean it's not action. I think, actually, one of the biggest strengths of The Legend of Zelda is that it is combining its action and its puzzles. Like, so when you say that most of the enemies in The Legend of Zelda are amorphous blobs, mm. what about Scatullas, the giant spiders with skeletons on their backs? What about, like, bats that fly at you and attack at you in different ways? What about the hands that fall from the ceiling and grab you and throw you back to the start of the level? What about, you know, any number of different enemies in this video game? There are loads of enemies. What about Octoroks? What about Dekus, where you have to reflect their seeds back at them with your shield? The Dekus are more
1: of a puzzle enemy
0: than they but are... But they're like an a, action a, enemy. A you have enemy. to time things and you have to do things correctly to get them. And then you have to attack them with your sword. With the bats, you're meant to use the slingshot in order to take them out from the sky or the arrows. Or you I can use the boomerang. I was to wait and just
1: hit them with my sword.
0: And that's a valid way to do it, but... <laughs> it's not the quickest way and it can be very annoying waiting for a bat to come and take you in fact bats if you don't deal with them can knock you off geometry and then ruin what you're trying to do i mean the big question i'm going to ask you now sam is did you die at any point during the game
1: uh yes i did
0: that's why there's combat it's part of the way you succeed or fail in the game. It's part of the mechanics of the game. When you say, yeah, why does this y- game y- have y- combat? It's because you're in an, on an adventure with a sword and fighting okay. enemies is part of the thematic relevance of what you're doing in the game world.
1: You asked me if I died. You didn't ask me, did I die to enemies that were not those skeleton dudes in armor?" <laughs> because if you ask me that question, Lewis, legitimately, the answer is No.
0: That surprises me, because I, I struggled to complete things in Ocarina of Time. Like I, I died a lot in Ocarina of Time.
1: I, I also died a lot in Ocarina of Time, but that was, that was more to do with issues of uh, some of the controls which I think we're going to get to. Because I, I did die quite a lot in Ocarina of Time. It just was very rarely to what I would call the combat, and the combat did not fit... The combat felt perfunctory to the system, rather than core to the system. The thing that Ocarina of Time really wanted to show me, the thing it was impressed of, the thing it invited me over to its house to come see, were its puzzles.
0: I will agree with that. I do think the puzzles—the puzzles are the reason that I like the Legend of Zelda as a series. I don't think the combat is like the most deep or satisfying system in terms of video games. I don't think the combat is, as you kind of illustrated, it's not the point of the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. But to say it like doesn't count or should be removed from the game, definitely no. Like the pu- like the combat and the puzzles are kind of a combined entity. And like the point of being good at the combat regarding the puzzles is it teaches you that like enemies aren't going to be defeated by just hitting them with your sword. The whole point of the game is it keeps giving you this bag of things to use and goes, you can solve this with the things we've given you. So like I you've you've now even now because you said it's mostly amorphous blobs I've gone and looked up a list of all of the enemies in The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. There are only two I would describe as remotely blob-like. One of which is the like like which is a thing that like absorbs you and steals one of your items. And the other one is a fire slug. Everything else in this game is a defined monster.
1: We we're going to we're going to talk about the fire temple and like maybe that warped my perception because I I loathed the Fire <laughs> Temple. The Fire Temple was... Uh, a... The Fire Temple was where I spent a good chunk of my time in this game. And unlike uh, you, Lewis, who for this podcast <laughs> plays games for a week, I've been playing this since the beginning of February. Uh, yeah, it's now this is a long video game. It's at the end of, end of April now. And I think I spent a good several weeks if not close to a month of my time in this game <laughs> cursing the existence of the fire temple
0: which is surprising not many, really, not many people have that opinion of ocarina of time most people hate the water temple most people hate water we'll get to the water well. temple later yeah most yeah. people hate the water temple i personally have um i i bizarrely the thing i dislike most about ocarina of time which is also the thing a lot of other people really love is i i basically I'm not enamoured with the bits between temples. Uh I tend to find that the sort of like points and click adventure logic of the way you get into some of those temples. Boy oh boy, am I glad I ended up looking up walkthroughs at some point during my childhood because there was a one point where I was like, I have literally no idea what you want from me.
1: It is it is a a deeply obtuse game. And I, I think this was kind of my issue with a lot of it. Not just sort of how you get into the temples, because especially the one where you have to get the get access to the fish by completing a mini-game and...
0: That is exactly the one I'm <laughs> referring to. That moment um, in the game where it's like you need to bring a fish and put it on a table and then you'll get inside the belly of a whale. And I'm like, I don't understand what this is, what's happening.
1: It, it, is, it is operating on like... Sierra Adventure Games level just moon logic where the answer to a puzzle just seems impossible to guess and completely devoid of any logic a rational person could be able to latch on to.
0: I think you can figure them out if you talk to a lot of people. Like, it has to be said, certainly when I played it as a kid, I did not realise how much of the game's world building and how much of the games like the way it pushes the player forward you just have to talk to a lot of people and then you'll sort of get a general idea of what you're meant to be doing which is obviously something that i came into because i played this originally on the gamecube and it was late on the gamecube i did not have a gamecube until it was like a year out from becoming completely obsolete with the launch of the wii um so i was used to a game telling me what to do i was used to the idea that a video game would go yellow dot go here this is this is the next part of the adventure one of the things i actually now as an as an adult gamer as a grown-up who's played more video games one of the things i actually quite like and admire about ocarina of time is that it doesn't do that
1: i th- this is the thing and i can i talk about the puzzles for a moment like yes it's, it's, yeah i yeah because i think there is a sweet spot in puzzle games between, it's so easy and handheldy. There isn't really a point in trying to figure it out. Like you see it, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, like Uncharted or something like that.
1: Um, different sort of sort of mechanics, but yeah. And then there's sort of like Moon Logic adventure game, Sierra game logic. Yeah. There's yeah. no way to grasp this thread, and there's a sweet spot in between. Of the game has given me the tools to work this out. And this is an interesting puzzle using the mechanics that I, as... And I, I will be perfectly honest, Lewis, I am not the best at puzzle games. But, <laughs> and a game that really hit that sweet spot for me was Portal 2. I that think Portal, was
0: exactly the game I was going to say is the perfect puzzle game. I completely actually, agree. I completely agree.
1: Controversial opinion, I think it's better than the first
0: one. Um... Uh, yeah, they yeah. they both got they both got their strengths. They're both it's kind of interesting. Very brief aside of Portal. Portal One is a horror comedy. Portal Two is a comedy.
1: Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I think I think maybe the reasons that some people prefer Portal to Portal Two is about tone. But yeah, they are both excellent puzzle games. And my problem with Ocarina of Time was that there were, there were very few puzzles that hit the sweet spot for me. <laughs> like I would say. It's difficult to guess, but maybe between 70 to 80% of the puzzles in Ocarina of Time are so easy, why bother even setting it as a challenge to the player? And the other 20 to 30% operate on moon logic. <laughs> with maybe, and <laughs> I shouldn't get this, but with like 5 to 10%, yeah, so maybe reduce my obtuse number 5 to 10% that do sort of hit that sweet spot, but I was so used, I was so used to this game just throwing, like, weird things at me, like a puzzle where the answer was to use an item in a way that that item had never been established to operate before, and maybe even was the function of another item, like there's uh, the boss in the forest temple, where you have to fight Ghost Ganon, Yeah, he emerges
0: from the paintings
1: Yes, and I I worked out Oh, he wants me to play Pong Yes And because it had been established That the shield was the item in this game That was the Pong Paddle I tried Ah. to use the shield And the shield did nothing And the game says, no For this one moment in the entire game It's actually the sword that's the Pong Paddle And I'm just going, what? And that wasn't the only moment Where I had that reaction And so um i hate to say this yeah navi will
0: tell you to do that
1: okay i i I didn't always listen to the threat and maybe maybe that is
0: maybe that is my fault but i think that's quite revealing yeah that's not the only time the game asks you to do that
1: is there a bit like at the end that asked me to do that that is
0: that is how you do the final boss
1: i did not get to the final boss
0: because you fight real ganon as it were and then you fight well he's not the final final boss but you fight ganon in the same way that you fight shadow ganon you have to as you say you play ping pong with this this ball of energy between the two of you but like okay, okay, okay. so you're like oh i use the sword is that not just oh i use the sword like that's not like th- like this like that, you tried the was... shield it didn't work try something else like that was that was one instant
1: that was one instance of like me coming across a puzzle where I need to use an item with not a previously established use and the thing is, if if I'm going through a puzzle and the answer is just to rub one at a time each item I have I'm not solving a puzzle, that's Sierra adventure game logic of like rubbing everything in your inventory against a puzzle until it, you, Did you find the right one, that's not actually me using my brain
0: that's me just going well, that, through a that list. Well section, that section section's not a puzzle, that's a fight
1: Yeah, the boss is a puzzle, but no I, I was using it as an example, but it was it was a trend I found throughout the game. And like,
0: if you want to talk about like, I agree, Like, I think we talked about earlier, uh, Jabu Jabu. To get inside yeah. the belly of Jabu Jabu, you have to go and get a fish by playing a mini or fishing, going getting a fish from a mini game. You need a bottle of water, I think. At one point, uh, there's uh, sections in this game where I'm trying to think now what a really. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you got this far, but there's a section in the game where you need to go back in time as a child to learn a song and play it inside of a windmill to activate a storm. So that in the future, uh, yeah, you you do the bootstrap paradox basically.
2: Yeah,
0: that's obscure. Um, That's weird. It's weird that to progress this game you need to go into a windmill that otherwise serves no function in the world. Like I appreciate those moments as like, why is this in the game? Using a sword to attack the boss back. Okay, but using the sword
1: for a way that another item had been established to function. And like I say, that was the one I made my notes of because it was the clearest example, but there were other places where items just seemed mm, to, mm. to not follow the rules. And it was... I I got to such a distrust with this game and its <laughs> obtuse nature that there was... The first puzzle I really liked that I encountered in this game was in the Forest Temple, the first one after you become an adult. And yeah. it's, it's the puzzle where... Um, there is the keyhole, because it seems like 90% of this the, uh, the puzzle in this game is shooting something at a keyhole. It's the keyhole that's <laughs> uh, frozen over. There's a bit of fire in the centre and some rotating uh, platforms around it. Yes. And I thought, wow, OK, so it's frozen over, so I need to heat it. There's fire there. Oh, if I shoot my arrow that's made of wood through the fire, at that it will melt the thing. Mm. And genuinely, Lewis, my first thought when I came up with that was, no, that can't be it because that makes sense.
0: It <laughs> is it though. That is the solution to that puzzle. Oh, it, it, it? is,
1: it is. But I, I distrusted my own sense of logic with this game so much that 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 genuinely that was my first thought that this game can't have possibly provided me with a puzzle with a rational solution.
0: I think that's unfair. I mean, for one thing, I think one of the, one of the things you're really, you're really hyping up here is the idea that finding solutions to puzzles that don't work is somehow devastating. Like, try it. it didn't. If it doesn't work, you just try something else. Like, the, the thing that Ocarina of Time doesn't do, like, it has a real sense of immediacy in terms of how items in the world work. Like, if you shot that arrow through the fire and it didn't melt the thing, fine, just try something else. It's not like that took up loads of your time. It's not like finding arrows is difficult. It's not like lining up that shot would be like... T- to be fair, one of the general rules I found with Legend of Zelda games, particularly as you go on, because boy oh boy, are there some really rough solutions to some puzzles in, I think Majora's Mask in particular. Um, if something's too difficult to pull off, it's not the solution. It's just ne- It just never is. Like, one of the things you have to acknowledge with, like... I think one of the problems you're having is that you're suggesting that you came up with solutions that didn't work, or like you would assume a item works a certain way, but it doesn't. But that's not that's not a problem. That's not like that's not that doesn't grind the game to a halt. It just means you found something that doesn't work, so you try something else. If anything, it's the game reinforcing this idea that you know they have they have a solution to the puzzle, and particularly the puzzles in the temples. I think I certainly can't think of one off the top of my head. There's no solution in a temple that operates on that moon logic the temple puzzles are always usually use the items that we have given you in the temple reuse an item in a way that you expect it how to work or navigate this environment in a way that allows you to use an item in a way you weren't expecting before
1: okay i maybe maybe i'm just bad at puzzle games maybe <laughs> maybe that maybe that is the issue but Compare it to a game like Portal 2. In Portal 2, you are introduced to a new, less gadget and more mechanic, in that you come into a room, you see that gadget working in the way that it works, and then you use that function in greater and greater complexity, but it always works in the way you are first shown it. And I think that's the logic, that was the mindset, maybe I came into Ocarina of Time, and maybe that was the wrong mindset that I came in with the i think yeah i think the items would have like consistent uses
0: i think and... the main problem there with comparing it to portal 2 is portal 2 gives you three ways to interact with the world blue portal orange portal duck and jump that's it that's your entire interaction with the world ocarina of time gives you god by the end like 20 items like there is oh, yeah, an endless I'm... array of things you can do in ocarina of time there is so much more freedom in a game like ocarina of time whereas portal 2 is more is like is a locked box. Like Portal Two won't let you go anywhere until you figure out the solution. Whereas Zelda's like, yeah, throw everything at it, do what you want. <laughs> so this is the thing. I think, generally speaking, I think this is a disconnect between you and the game on it, and this is a this is a problem. This is an early problem, Sam, because I would argue the reason that The Legend of Zelda is a game that I love because we know I don't like high fantasy. I love The Legend of Zelda because I like how it plays. I think the Legend of Zelda series, in general, there are exceptions, in general, I think it's one of the most like inventive and fun series of action RPGs, puzzle, whatever you want to call it, games that are out there. Like I-, I buy Legend of Zelda games f- to play these temples, more or less.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about how it plays for a second, because I want to talk about the fact that I got stuck more often than I got stuck on what I would say are the obtuse puzzles, then I got stuck on the easy puzzles because of how it controls. Because the A button in Ocarina of Time is the most overworked button in the history of video games. It's
0: the context button.
1: It is... But it does everything, and it kind of... It does everything! Yeah, it does everything, and because of that, it doesn't quite. work. can I describe to you? A moment in the, the something caverns, Dodongo's cavern. Dodongo's cavern. Can I describe a moment in Dodongo's caverns for you? Yeah, sure. Like, I me, think me is it to do with, with
0: bombs, bombs, perchance?
1: It is to do with bombs, but it's actually new. yeah, it's bombs to do are with a problem. grabbing. Okay, okay. So there was a there was a puzzle in Dodongo's cavern where I see it, I walk it out. I go, yep, I know how to approach this. I know how to do it. And, basically, you have to pull out a block to, to jump across another block, then throw a bomb at a uh, piece of vulnerable masonry. So, I pull out the block, pressing A to pull out the block. Now, I also need to jump onto the block by pressing A. And I never, oh. throughout my entire playthrough, worked Sam. out how to... yes.
0: You don't, you don't go up blocks by pressing A. You just push the character towards the block.
1: But A is the jump button.
0: No, it's not. There's no jump button in Ocarina of Time. You just push the character. If you push him to an edge, he he jumps automatically. I was pushing the A button to jump. Sam, this is this is why you don't like Ocarina of Time. You didn't listen to how to play it. I right, I feel a hundred percent vindicated now. This is Sam, you can't that's not how the game plays. Sam, Sam, oh my god, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, miss. we're stopping the podcast. You're playing the entire game again. i Sam, confused. you don't know how to play The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. You've been pressing A to jump. Yes, I have. That's not how it works! Throughout <gasps> the entire oh my game I've been pressing A to jump, I got it for the no, Shadow Temple pressing A to jump. He but... jumps automatically. You just push him to the edge of a surface, he jumps automatically. You push him towards a <laughs> ledge, he climbs automatically. That's why he
1: kept That's hugging, why he hugging it. Can't
0: play the game. I just
1: imagined he had like separation anxiety with
0: the block. I was I was so sure that you didn't know how to play the game. You kept sending me messages telling me that this game controlled really badly. And I was like, no, it doesn't. It controls pretty fine. It's a pretty good control scheme. It was revolutionary for its time with the targeting. You literally don't know how to play the game. Oh, my (laughs) God. Yes. Yes, I understand it. Go and get it now. (laughs) I, what, you want me to sit here on the podcast playing Ocarina of Time again for you. I want you I want you to get I want you to get the game. I want you to find a ledge and I want you to jump by going over to a surface and not pressing the A button. But it feels I'm having a jump button is so video
1: games should have jump buttons. I'm dying on this hill. But this but this one explicitly doesn't, Sam,
0: because the A button does everything else. I was never told this. The game yes, never you told were. me Yes, this. you were. It's the first temple. They tell you. They tell you it is vital to solving puzzles in the game. It is, it is, there is no point in this game where you don't jump. The first, like, oh, Sam. <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't believe that's where we're at. That The reason that you don't like Ocarina of Time is because you literally don't under, uh...
1: I have other reasons. Just expre- the, reasons, the but reasons,
0: Sam, the reason that you don't like how it plays, the reason you've built animosity towards it, it's because you've invented your own way to play it, which is to press A when you jump, thus making the game impossible.
1: This would explain part of how long it's taken me. How
0: did you get this far in the game?
1: Maybe I am secretly the greatest Legend of Zelda player in history, because I have got through the Shadow Temple by pressing A to jump. <laughs> I kept dying to death, Roombas, but I ke- I pressed A to jump. Did okay, it not occur?
0: <laughs> did it not occur to you that when you press A, he doesn't jump? It always seemed like he did. No, he doesn't. If you stand still and press A, he doesn't jump. If you move and press A, he rolls.
1: But I also I also never had the confidence to just run at an edge and not press A.
0: Oh my god! Has this completely derailed the show? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know if we can continue. I don't know if we can tell you, Sam. It's like you told me you played Portal, and you didn't know there was an orange portal. <laughs> like actually, that's unfair because you got you actually managed to get through the game. It's more like yeah. God. What's it? What's the game that you really love? It's like you've told me that in um, The Last of Us. Yeah. uh, There's no way to aim down the sights. Like that's the like what you've done is technically possible. What you've done is technically an achievement that you've managed to get this far into Ocarina of Time, assuming the A button is jump, thus making a lot of the puzzles in the game really difficult.
1: I once knew someone who beat Bioshock not knowing pl- not knowing plasmids were a thing
0: like yeah yeah it's that well it's not quite that because you've not like missed a mechanic what you've done is you've invented a mechanic what you've done is you've assumed that you can't do any you've assumed you can't reload your weapon unless you use all your plasmids (laughs) oh my goodness sam oh my goodness Right, well look, there's no... I, I I hate to say this, there's absolutely no point discussing what you were about to tell me. Because... Oh no, because I can still talk about the bombs.
1: I can still talk about the bomb throwing.
0: No, Sam, because here's the thing about the bombs is that they're assigned to the A button.
1: I know they are assigned to the A button. I have other issues with the A button.
0: Alright, let's hear more about... I mean, I now know why you think the A button is the most overworked button in The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Because I thought it was Jump. Cause oh no okay <laughs> keep going
1: all right all right okay so i have i have jumped by pressing a over to the uh the second block where there's a bomb flower and yeah. i now have to aim this at the um aim this at the uh, wall. yeah at the crack oh. wall and the bomb the bomb throwing and bomb putting down are both assigned to the a button
0: Yes, and but there is a seemed... distinction in that if you move, he throws the bomb.
1: I found that true most of the time. It seemed like occasionally, like one in ten times, so maybe a bit more than that, he seemed to put the bomb down when I was running. But yes, he throws the bomb most often when you are running, which meant that I couldn't properly aim. At the cracked piece of wall, because that didn't mean I could control the camera with the aim. And that felt, (laughs) there were issues I have with some of the controls in Ocarina of Time, some I've invented myself. But the only one (laughs) that I would argue is actively broken and is used quite often is the bomb throwing.
0: All I hundred right. percent, I hundred percent agree with you on this. And the Legend of Zelda has incredibly poor form with bombs. They're in most of the Zelda games, like they were. They're a hangover from the TD games, where they they basically work as you would expect. They were like Bomberman rules. He puts it down where he is. You walk away, it blows up. um Later games, particularly Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword tries to be really clever with the bombs because it's like with motion controls now, so you can like throw them by literally throwing them with your controller or you can bowl them like a bowling ball. And the game uh, just does not know when you're bowling, meaning you just hold until a bob until it explodes in your hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. This This, I thought you would bring this up and you're correct. This is probably the most difficult thing to control in the game. I think it's a limitation of the fact you're right. They could have just as easily made it that like press A, puts the bomb down and like press bomb button again throws the bomb and it would have made this a lot better like
1: if you went into like aim mode and that meant that you would always throw a bomb that would also work and it and it, it is an issue of controls and to some extent i put that down to 1998 and i know this game is incredibly innovative in like because this was a period of time when no one knew how to like make a video game character consistently control right in 3d I take some yeah. points away because he could have fixed this on the 3DS version. But I, I understand. I
0: think, yeah, I think people would be upset if you changed it. I know that sounds stupid, but like that people would be expect that they would expect that's how you control. Like to this day, God, to this day, is that true? Yeah, to this day, this is how you throw bombs in The Legend of Zelda. Okay. Like it's it's still it's still how you do it. And I agree that it's inelegant and it's not great and they probably should change it. But but like those are the those are the Legend of Zelda rules that's well, Those are Legend how of Zelda
1: work. rules and you can't change them. If uh and, like, you Legend of Zelda on the NES had come with a scorpion in the box, Breath of the World would have still come with a Scorpion in the box. No uh, no no, there's
0: but... stuff in the original Legend of Zelda that doesn't exist anymore. That's not around. <laughs> okay. There's no ladder. The ladder's <laughs> gone.
1: I I I had I had no issue with the ladder, um, but okay, <laughs> and th- okay, because there seems to be a section which will label, I have no temples. This is my main issue with the majority of the temples, and there are exceptions which I, I want to get into later, if that's all right.
0: Yeah, the the,
1: and Ooh. maybe this is coming into like the narrative narrative section as well. The temples. And I include, like, um, the fish and the mines and the tree in this as well. The temples do not seem to have a function. As in, they are not, like... They are not built in a way that kind of makes sense. I could not see this location existing within the world of Hyrule as, like, a functional piece. I don't know who built these or why they built these. And... The internal geography of them doesn't make sense, okay. and all the rooms well, look quite hmm. similar. And S- like, so, here's of- the thing. Okay,
0: there's there's two there's sort of two distinct points to make, which yeah. is I think the first three temples in the game: mm. the Dongos Cabin, the Deku Tree, and um, Jabu Jabu. Yeah are places in the world they are like distinct environments in the world they're not temples they're just places um yeah and yes like...
1: but but the way they are laid out inside does not make sense for what they are on the outside
0: well the deku tree is a being he exists as a being and like that's his inter- that's what he's like inside of him the same goes for jabu jabu he's just a being Like, with the Deku Tree, the point is he's been infested by evil things, which is what he tells you when he turns up and he's like, please go inside and kill the evil things inside me. God, this hurts. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't really remember much about Dongu Dongu, but, like, there's moments where you have to, like, tickle his tonsils to get him to do things. And, um, like, you know, it's weird that you're inside a whale and he's got doors. Um, Okay, Uh,
1: like, the the weirdness is... Okay. It's a it's gamey weird. thing, it's a gamey it is, it is, thing, it's a gaminess. I can't explain the thing. other ones. Okay, but...
0: The, temp- the temple temples mm. are tests for the Hero of Time. The point is, is that they are intricate puzzles to make it so that only the Hero of Time can solve them to save the sages from Ganon's control. So it's the idea that they're like protection against Ganon. So he's infested them with his monsters to try and find the sages within the temples, but the temples are supposedly designed in such a way that they're, like, protection against Ganon's evil minions. So that's why those are confusing clockwork puzzles.
1: Okay, they're confusing confusing clockwork puzzles without sort of, like, internal logic, and like, I want to get into, like... They have internal logic, they have a map, they have a layout. Okay, but the layout doesn't doesn't make sense, or at least it didn't to me, and, like, with good, like, level design though i don't know we see later maybe it's a 98 thing but with good level design you see later there are games i have not played in years that i can go back to that the level design just clicked in my brain hit some sort of like logic center that i can remember them years later and i got so geographically disconnected so i guess like just a um Silly way of saying lost, and because I had no idea how to orient myself, I actually started to feel. And I mean, this is going to sound like
0: find maps.
1: Yeah, but the maps don't really help. And no, like, the maps I know, are essential like, for know, solving know, the temples. I know this is going to sound like I'm exaggerating, but I got so, I got so confused as to where I was, where I was meant to go, like. I couldn't remember, like, if I went in a room because I was like, so "Have I been in here before? Have I not?" I actually started to feel well, like the I was map's getting highlighted, or not. I started to get to feel like I had an anxiety attack. I started to feel like, and maybe this is an issue of accessibility, but I started to feel like an anxiety attack coming on that I just had to put the game down, and sometimes I didn't pick it up for days because i felt so anxious
0: about going into that <laughs> no like I, i'm not making this up i don't doubt it i don't yeah. doubt it it's just it's more i mean again i hate to say this but like the game shows you where there are doors and it tells you if you've opened the door or not if you look at the map
1: i i, I know it does and i was like this isn't the yay button again i was using those mechanics i was looking at the map i was going onto the map screening checking the different levels but because yeah. the map is so abstract, and like I've I've I have actually looked into I haven't read reviews of nineteen ninety eight, but I have looked into people talk about why they like this game, and I know that it doesn't hold your hand with the map. The map isn't super clear, and that's the reason they like it. But for me, because the because on top of that the layout was confusing, and because I've had difficulty telling the rooms apart, this was why the fire temple took me close to a month. Because that was the worst one for this. Well, I um, think... That... It's yeah, something that future installments... The fire installments, temple gave me anxiety.
0: It's something future installments do improve on. Um, mostly because once you get the map and the compass, mm. the map like fills with like chests you haven't opened. And you, like the solution to most of the puzzles in the game are like, you need to find the key. If you find a key, you can open a door, you can access a new area. If you access a new area, you're on your way to either getting the boss key the new item, or getting to the boss.
1: Oh yeah, I got I got that.
0: Yeah, so the game, like, in future, I agree in terms of, like, <sighs> the thing is, you're telling me like there are games you can go back to that you can memorise the layout of because you've been to before. Yeah. That to me is the Deku Tree. I know the Deku Tree off the top of my head. I can go through that entire level, I know how to solve all the puzzles in the Deku Tree right from the word go, and I, like, in my head I can to, perfectly to honest, map out the 3D I, environment.
1: I, I did not feel this that as much with the Deku Tree, and Like, I'm sure, like, with all things, there were some that triggered this more than others. The (laughs) Fire Temple was by far the worst.
0: Yeah, you've had a really hard time with it, which surprised me because I don't... I don't have any particularly strong feelings towards the Fire Temple. Like, I I was keen to tell you not to... um, Like, I thought it was important for you to play as Adult Link somewhat before we did this because I think Adult Link is a real turning point in the game in terms of its... Like, it it stops being, like, this bizarro world, like, how on earth do I progress? And becomes, you find a temple, you go to a temple, you move on. You find a temple, you go to a temple, you move on. And that sort of, like, becomes the main structure of the game. Whereas Young Link is a bit like, well, the tree's dead. Best go out in the field. Um.
1: (laughs) I did quite like that moment. I like Navi's complete disregard for the death of the tree. He watches the tree, presumably somebody knows. His boss died. He just goes, oh, well, let's go. I laughed out loud at that moment. I thought that was a really <laughs> nice piece of accidental macabre comedy. Um, but the but last... I mean, the,
0: tree, the, the trees moment as well. I We're moving into the, the, okay. the realm of like yeah. the narrative and but stuff like that. There's
1: one last thing I want to say on like the temple design. And that's sure. sort of like, I really like the idea of each temple having a new item. And you get yes. that item and then... You, puzzles in the temple are based around that item. The problem I had with it is in most cases the item you get at right near the end of the temple it is tutorialized, and then never picked up again. I I, I did read some stuff about this game and apparently they're, they're all used in um, the final boss. Oh, sorry, the final temple. The final like, boss temple. Mm. But I did. I was disappointed that in the majority of cases, especially the hammer, because as much as I hated the fire temple, the hammer seemed really fun. But the hammer was used about twice, and then it's used in the boss, but used about twice for puzzles, and is then just thrown away.
0: You can use the hammer in combat now. It's it's the easiest way to defeat a mini boss later. Now,
1: all of these issues I have with the majority of the temples and made admittedly now i know some of it my own fault and made this game (laughs) quite the slog for me until and lewis i really did not want to come into this podcast and act like a contrarian just someone who who has to go
0: against the prevailing opinion
1: because i think you know where i'm going with this
0: yeah, go on.
1: I realised uh, a couple of. about a week ago that I would not only have to come onto this podcast and defend the p- opinion that I don't like Ocarina of Time, I realised I would have to come here and say, I don't really like Ocarina of Time, with the exception of the Water Temple, <laughs> which I really like.
0: Right. Now, here's the fun and interesting thing you've done there, Sam. Yeah. There is a reason the Water Temple is despised in the Zelda community, mm. and it's because the original water temple was designed in such a way that you could break it okay you, there was a, there was a problem with there's a point in it where if you use up all your keys to open certain rooms the game locks and because of the way the legend of zelda is designed that's it you have to restart the game because you can't load an old save and you can't you can't like go get another key like the game would legitimately break so it was hated for that reason it's also hated because the main mechanic of the Water Temple, as I'm sure you're aware, mm. is the iron boots yes. and using the iron boots underwater. Now, the 3DS version makes walking in the iron boots about twice as fast. So, to a generation like myself who played the N64 slash GameCube versions of it, the Water Temple was slow and dangerous.
1: As someone like myself who has only played the remake, I really like the Water Temple. I like it has a that great you,
0: central puzzle.
1: I like that you get the item from the previous uh, mini dungeon, in the ice caverns, which I also really enjoyed. And mm. um, I like that it then takes that item, which is tutorialized in the ice caverns, and uses it to continually build on for um, more puzzles. I really like that idea of moving the water level in a central room up and down. I think that's a really fun idea. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the the geographic anxiety I suffered in a lot of the other temples, and I think was even more so than my A-button incompetence, the reason I struggled to enjoy this game. Because of the Water Temple, it's really designed around that big central room with different layers. You are never really going more than two or three rooms, and always in one direction, away from that central room. And because hmm. of that, I actually did get to know the layout of the Water Temple and always was able to orient myself.
0: Yeah, no, that's true.
1: Um, it also, like, I know I complained earlier about there being, like, this gap between a really easy and really obtuse, whereas the Water Temple was the first time when playing the game, I felt that there weren't really very many, like, insultingly easy puzzles, and the rest were all playing by the established rules. Hmm. And for all these reasons I really enjoyed the Water Temple and because because I was also there's no bombs. There's no bombs used in the Water Temple, which is a <laughs> is a blessing. But...
0: but lots of use of the hook shot, which is my favourite item. Which in the game. is
1: really fun and is the it was the first place in the game where that really fun gadget really gets used. And I will say I, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm currently in the Shadow Temple, and that is not as good. But it's approaching sort of water temple levels of approachability. And because I was able to relax and, again, it felt like I was sort of like I had an understanding with the game, I was able to enjoy it. Like, if I had played Ocarina of Time and Ocarina of Time was like the water temple, I would be coming into this, this podcast saying, you know what? This maybe isn't the game for me. I would prefer something with a stronger narrative element, but this was fun. I had a good time. I can see why people like this.
0: I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked the Water Temple. I'm, I think the Water Temple is much maligned in a lot of ways. In some ways, rightly as I pointed out, the fact that it was a glitch that could destroy your game is no. Oh fun. yeah, the the N sixty
1: four version sounds like a nightmare, but I like this one.
0: Yes, yeah, and like, um, yeah, I agree. There's another uh, temple they do later in the series in Skyward Sword that has the similar thing of raising the water levels to different things within that temple. But then they do a twist on it in a sort of self-reference back to the original Water Temple. And like, yeah, it's like it's infamous, but it does. I think the Water Temple is a good example of you talk. You raise the water level between these three different levels and that's something that's unique to that temple and the temple's built around that puzzle and the temple like now that it's been fixed for the remake is a perfect little puzzle box that you solve and those are the things i love about and the thing is i know you're saying that with the other ones you got this um direction anxiety and you got this idea of you're not you're not really sure how to get through each of the sections of the game now that you've played something like the water temple i think if you were to go back and play those other temples with the knowledge of like they're all like that. They're all built around centralized mechanics that are r- about reinforcing either the items you get or something that's inherent to the temple. Like the forest temple is all about twisting those corridors to access different sides of the temple, and it's sort of like this th- this sort of three D um, spatial awareness puzzle on top of the fact that you're still using a sword and things, and like, I- and you like. I mean, I hate to point this out, but like, yeah, the Water Temple uses the hookshot quite a lot. Admittedly, because you then get the long shot and it's the upgrade. Which feels a bit cheeky. It feels a bit like, you know, yeah. But the Water Temple uses iron boots, it uses the Zora tunic, it uses the hookshot. It's using a lot of items you got from other places. Like I kind of reinforcing this point I was trying to make to you earlier that actually, yeah, they do reuse the items quite a lot, like okay. you're saying they didn't use bombs, but you can use you can use bombs to fight dark link, you can use the hammer to fight dark link, oh okay, I, yeah, I, lots I, of different I, ways these things I, work,
1: oh okay, okay, i I thought you meant, like like different functions, yeah, but it it felt like this this temple really gave like the iron boots like room to breathe and use them in creative ways and I wish the other temples were based, and and I, I know you say if I go back, but for for my memory of them, they didn't seem to be as sort of like as based around their central mechanics as the water temple was. And
0: yeah, the water Temple's a special a special case, as it were. You're right; it does have a more the, the like the the fire temple and the forest temple have mechanics in them but largely play the same the water temple has a special thing you need to pay attention to
1: yeah and i i enjoyed that aspect of it and i also i also think a big part of it is the puzzles again they hit the sweet spot whereas they didn't really in the other temples and Mm. again geographic anxiety which was a big thing (laughs) for me in the rest of the game
0: look we've we've talked through nearly every element. I mean, look, I want to very quickly... No, no, no. Actually, this makes sense. This makes sense. Let's actually move on from the gameplay element, which we've agreed that it just uh, you don't really seem to like, though. I'm like, there's a part of me there that's like, you've still got a little bit left to go. Maybe now that you know how the game controls, pick it up and see if you change your mind about it I, a little I, bit. I am Not go- enough to, to, I'm yeah, going to like... keep
1: playing. I am going to keep playing. I want to I'm finish glad. our of time. If nothing else, out of spite. Uh. <laughs>
0: You've got uh, looking at the walkthrough. Mm. Uh, you're, d- you're currently doing the Shadow Temple, which has a mechanic I love. I love the Lens of Truth. The Lens of Truth is really cool. Oh yeah, the, le- um, and the
1: Lens of Truth is also something you get from a mini temple before the main one, and is used throughout yeah. as like a central and mechanic. The Shadow Temple seems to be way more like the Water Temple <laughs> than the others are. It's not my perfect temple. Mm-hmm. It's not my baby. It's not the Water Temple, but it is. It is a significant improvement over my nemesis, the Fire Temple.
0: And I think you'll like it because then after that you do another mini temple temple and then you're on to the final boss. So, okay. And the mini temple before that, again, has a unique original mechanic that you don't use anywhere else in the game. Okay. Um. So, the right, we should probably move on to... I think I'm going to end on another thing because I think it's probably the most important part of the game to me personally. So let's talk about the story of Ocarina of Time. Okay. Now... I think it's important to point out this game is called The Legend of Zelda in the sense that this is storytelling as if it were a legend, as if it is almost like a fairy tale. Uh, It's this idea of um, The Legend of Zelda as a series has sort of self-acknowledged that each game is building on this echoing, repeating legend. It has this sort of idea of... um, you know, like, that, these characters are trapped into a certain level of fate and they loop and they repeat through certain things, but certain things change. It's It's got this sort of almost, um, in the original storytelling tradition, of something like the Odyssey or Greek mythology, where it's sort of done and then it's things mythic. get changed and warps. Like, Yeah, it's very, very mythic. And it's important to point out that I think Ocarina of Time, certainly when it released, is meant to be the first one in the timeline of things going on in The Legend of Zelda. This is supposed to be, for all intents and purposes, the start of this legend. It turns out to not be later, but at the time it released, okay. that's the point of the story. And I, I really, really love the Ocarina of Time story because I think it has a beautiful simplicity to it, but there are some wonderful moments and some wonderful ideas in that story that aren't necessarily the focus but linger in the air of the story like to just just to pull out a quote that I spotted while I was doing the research that I think really pulls into this game and one of the reasons I love it it's a quote that Sheik says who is the uh, guardian of the temple of time at one point during the game and it says, the flow of time is always cruel. Its speed seems different for each person, but no one can change it. And yet this is a game about changing the flow of time, and about the terrible consequences of what time can do to people. Now, I get the feeling you're stunned by that, because I don't think you think this game has all that in it.
1: Yeah, I... Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I, I didn't really get that impression from what i have played so far of the game like from my perspective mm-hmm. this game was and like i i know i know this is a game that a lot of people really love it's a big part of so many people sort of like are around our age's childhood and like it, it it means a lot to people, so <sighs> I really don't want to like to seem I mean... down on it, but I have to because that's the premise of the show. <laughs> and I I spoke to some people who some friends who really love this game, and one of the things that kept coming up was the idea that it was enchanting. And it was just yeah. this sort of like, and like, and this seems to be sort of very close to the feelings you have towards it. Mm. But I, I found it weirdly uncanny. And <laughs> um, c- can I, can I try and explain why? Yes. Um, it just, it just all seemed very Artificial, And that bit that we were talking about earlier that made me laugh, where the tree dies and it's kind of built up at this moment and then Nafi goes, all right, let's go. Um... And when the owl comes down and sort of breaks the flow of gameplay... The owl! The owl!
0: We all hate the owl. I know,
1: I know, but it's it's not just like that the... Yeah, but most people seem to hate the owl because it, it, like, teaches your grandmother to suck eggs. Whereas I hate the owl because he comes down and says, Hello, player, are you getting immersed? Stop that. Stop that right now. You are playing a video game. All of this is artificial and nothing matters. And... When when you came... When I met Princess Zelda for the first time after sneaking through, like, the palace grounds, and mm. Zelda, and I laughed because Zelda's dialogue was basically, Hello, video game protagonist. I see that you have collected one of the keys. Now you need to go and collect two more. And then you become Adult Link, and it's a... Hello, Adult Link. Now you need to collect six keys to progress. And, like, all video games do this. All video games do this, but most video games try and disguise the fact that they are games behind narrative, behind context. Whereas Sam, and I, I there think, is, I think, okay. there's
0: narrative behind the keys. There's narrative like you've, but, call, you've called them keys, but they they explicitly tell you in the game what they are, why you need yeah, them, they what are, they're going to they
1: do. Are, they are jewels that unlock a door. They are basically they are less disguised. Well, what than about what about the
0: thing you get when you're an adult?
1: Are we talking about the, um, the... The, sa-
0: the sages. Oh, yeah. The seven sages. Yeah, six
1: keys. Um...
0: No, Sam, they're all people you met when you were a child. I know,
1: and if they have been characterised, I might have cared. But... You the... didn't care
0: about Zora? <sighs> about Princess Ruto? She and Is one Ruto, of the Ruto? others.
1: She and one of the others had some Do you some find out what happened to Zelda? Sorry? Do you know what happened to Zelda? Uh, she's chic, isn't she?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, While you were gone for seven years, she defended the Temple of Time and was acting as, well, the world burned. Well, the world literally burned. When you turn up at that town later, it's on fire, and everyone's miserable or dead.
1: Yeah, and I walked out of that miserable town into a sunny day, and there was music going da-da, da-da-da-da-da, and just mood killed. But my point is that, and you talked about this earlier, about how unashamedly gay me this game mm. is. It does not hide that it, it's a game. Mm. And it just felt like by acknowledging as much as our Ocarina of Time does, the artificiality of what is going on, it just killed the immersion for me. It's like, like I want you to imagine a Disney animatronic and a child may love a Disney animatronic because it's cute and it does a funny dance and it's got like cute fur and a big smile.
0: And it looks and acts like a thing.
1: Yeah, but for me, Ocarina of Time was that animatronic with its fur taken off and it's a horrifying exoskeleton that is just a dancing, horrific, obviously artificial machine with still the big eyes and smile attached. And it was that uncanniness and that artificiality that just made me go, I do not care about anything that's happening.
0: I think your animatronic analogy is quite telling. Yeah. In terms of... Because I think, to a certain extent, the childish wonder is how this game works. I mean, look, I, we've made this point. Like, the game is 23 years old, coming up on 23 years old. Um. I mean, yeah, it's going to hook you it have voice it's gonna struggle to hook you in because it doesn't have voice acting. It's going to struggle to hook you in because... Like, I think in 1998, the only other video game that's coming out that's even approaching it in terms of, like, narrative sophistication is Metal Gear Solid. And I love Metal Gear Solid. And one of the reasons Metal Gear Solid, like, lands better in my book is because it has voice acting. But boy, oh boy, is that also a video game that has that level of artificiality. I think you would struggle for the era that it's made in to find a game that actually has this much context for everything in it like i don't think there's a single thing in the game that isn't tied to the world and that isn't explained like the owl has the problem of telling you to like press the a button and z target but it has to tell you how to play the game and apparently even when the game tells you how to play it you don't read it and think a is jump like the game the owl never said
1: a wasn't jump
0: no but there were a series of signs in the very first section of the tutorialization of the game that tell you how to do things um that you didn't read and that had you read you would have said were immersion breaking like this is also one of the first times like it it, maybe linked to the past does this but certainly the original legend of zelda games the original legend of zelda games don't tell you anything they don't tell you how to do anything at all in the game because it used to be when you bought a video game you'd read a little book and then play your video game ocarina of time is among the first games to be like the only thing that you need to play this kind of game is the game the game's going to tell you how to play it the game's going to give you the context for everything that you're doing the game is gonna put you in a world and everything in that world makes sense in terms of like there's a reason it exists within the world it's not perfect it's also one of the first games to ever really try to do that. I
1: completely disagree. I completely disagree. This came out the same year as Fallout 2. So presumably Fallout 1 came out before it. And there have been RPG video games that have done storytelling, that have done context. Like, there is there is no excuse here. Basic story- Sorry, no, ta- no, no. Basic no. storytelling Sorry, was not no, invented no, no. in Absolutely 1999.
0: Absolutely not no no because when you're talking about fallout the video game fallout the video game has an enormous interface fallout the video game is surrounded by buttons telling you what to do like fallout is not an immersive video game in the same way that ocarina of time is because the whole point of ocarina of time is that everything that you're doing in the game you are doing you're there. It's live action, it's 3D, it's a world that exists that you look around and explore. Fallout is not that game. Fallout is 2D characters standing around talking to each other.
1: Okay, but those characters are given characters and that world is given development. Whereas Ocarina of Time is... Yeah, I will give Ocarina of Time that it is. it has less interface uh to maybe break immersion that way, although I've never found interface that much of a problem with immersion in video games. But it's the fact that... It's the fact that Legend of Zelda doesn't really be seen... And you talk about this mythic element, but it's... It's incredibly basic. It is a fair... It's a fairy tale. And video games... Video games had done better stories before this. Had done stories that... With engaging characters and worlds that... Made the player think they matter, whereas Legend of Zelda is
0: goes, "Hey, it's fake." And what I don't, I don't <sighs> agree that it says, "Hey, it's fake." I think that's how you read into it. I think that's how you jumped into it because I, I don't know this for a fact. Mm. Does Fallout have voice acting? It does for some of the characters, not many of
1: them. I think there's a, I think there's about five voiced characters in the original Fallout.
0: Can you name a story-led video game you've played that doesn't have voice acting that you got immersed in? Yes. What was it? Kentucky Route Zero. Okay, good example. The thing with Ocarina of Time as a story is it's this idea that the story of a video game is not the text. It's not, it's not what characters say. It's not the. It's not the plot written down as a literal thing. It's the doing of it. It's the it's the doing of the game. The quest in The Legend of Zelda, as you say, initially is to go and find the uh, three jewels that seal the Temple of Time. The quest there that you engage in yeah. is not talking to Zelda and her telling you all about the things and you need to go to this place and this place. And then, you you know, that's the story. The story is you get told to do that and then you do it. The evolution and the attachment you form to Link and the world is not done through being told, this is Death Mountain, Death Mountain has been here forever, it does these things, it's a volcano, da-da-da-da. The attachment is you go into the volcano and you fight the monsters. That's the world building. Literally, they built a world and you walk around it. The thing I would say about Fallout is they didn't build a world. They built a series of images and then you, like, prod around in the images and you talk to characters and they build their story that way but the doing of things in Fallout is use gun on rat it's not you don't get the same level of like the quest being the quest that's what The Legend of Zelda as a franchise pioneered and successfully does better I think than most other franchises like the original Legend of Zelda game the whole point of that game is that the adventure is yours. There's a way to end the game. There's a way to finish it. But you you have to go and do it. And the only way you're going to learn how to do things is by talking to characters, is by finding out what the next thing is, is by listening to what people are telling you. You talk about the artificiality of the game. There's no quest markers in this game. The only way you know to do things is because someone told you to do it and told you why you should do it most games don't have that level of storytelling or immersion. most games are get to the end of the level
1: look I, I can I can only speak for how I personally reacted to it and look I, I understand that in a video game like the mechanics are the story but like if, if we if we take that argument that, that is all there is, if we ignore things like character, if we ignore things like story world, then the story of Legend of Zelda is a boy wakes up, goes to a castle, collects what three kind, things. What kind of boy? Okay, but we don't know that from doing, and if we're making the argument... we're We, do, we do know from that doing. from
0: doing, because crucially one of the things that happens in the game is you become an adult and the people you grew up with don't. And you know that by going back and realising that you were not raised the same, like, you are not of the race you thought you were. They have remained children. You have become an adult. You were raised believing yourself to be a cockery. You are actually a Hillean. You t- and that's, inv- that's environmental. You won't learn that unless you either talk to other people or notice it for yourself. The game is full of moments like that. Like, Saria, you find out one of your childhood friends who, like, as you're leaving, is the person who gives you your first ocarina in the game. And, like, laments on this idea that you leaving means you're going to grow up without her. You later discover is one of the sages whose, like, job it was almost to, like, rear you towards this goal. The fact that Zelda is chic and that is supposed to be a twist in the game. You might have already known that going in, but that is a twist in the game that you find out. I mean, you're supposed to think Sheik is a man for one thing. It turns out, no. Like the fates of these people, the idea of Ocarina of Time is that while you were gone, the world changed without you and the world like I know that you're saying like you're not into these characters and you're not feeling it. But like Princess Ruto is like, is a character I do remember and I do think's great. She's like headstrong and cocky, and she like berates you when you turn up in the water temple for keeping her waiting so long. And like Ganondorf is this fantastically evil king who is like manipulative and nasty, and you see the consequences of his evil on the world. He's not a deep character, he's not a complex character, but boy oh boy, am I scared of him! Boy oh boy, do I hate him! Boy, I wanna, I wanna save the world from them. And I know that you haven't quite finished it, but the most effective moment of this game is its ending. Its ending still hits me in a way that gives me chills and makes me sad.
1: I I think this is an issue that, like you can't universalise how someone is going to react to a piece of that's art. That's true, that's true. And
0: but I, did, I don't I, I, I don't I, think it's fair to say that this game doesn't do this game does loads of work in its world building. Like, how many people did you talk to that you didn't need to talk to? Almost none. Exactly. You can't complain that the game's not, and the reason you almost talked to none is because I'm assuming you would use a walkthrough.
1: I, I did because I wanted to get fit for the podcast.
0: The game doesn't let you do that if you play it without the walkthrough. The game is like you don't know what to do. Talk to people.
1: Okay, I almost not. I did. I did talk to some people, and I just uh, I didn't find them particularly interesting. Princess Ruto, the that's her name, yes.
0: Yes, yeah, she's the member of the Zoras, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, the king, king, um, king, round yellow thing.
0: Oh, um. Yes, sorry. Uh, Zora Domain. I can't remember no, his name. No, He's no, not no, a massively no, no, significant no, no, character. No, not the
1: Zora King. The, um, the, um, the king of the, the, um, the Firelands.
0: Oh, the Gorons.
1: Yeah. King Goron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was characterized. He was like, hey, mate, when I turned up in the Fire Temple, I thought, oh, yeah, that implies a relationship. That's a nice bit of dialogue. But. It. It never felt. and. Un- I know what you're gonna say when I say this. It never felt like Link was characterised. It never felt like Zelda was really characterised. Ganon, I just saw him smile. It admittedly, in a creepy way, but that's the only context I got for him. And I just, I, I am someone who likes stories that are more focused on people and like personal journeys. And maybe that's something I felt was lacking. I did not like the world building. I didn't see a lot of it. And a lot of it didn't make sense uh, for the story world. Like, you go into the Shadow Temple and... For one thing, the Shadow Temple goes, this is where all the greed and darkness of Rule is kept. And I thought, oh, good, I'm going to learn something about this setting. And then it goes, this is where all the greed and darkness of Hyrule is kept. And I was thinking, okay, yeah, show it to me. Um, but in the Shadow Temple, there are statues of Grim Reapers. Is that a cultural symbol in this world? Or is that just something they picked up from ours? I would have loved there to be more environmental storytelling. I would have loved for there to be...
0: Well, there is environmental storytelling. What there isn't is lore. The Legend of Zelda is very lore light. It does not like to have a backstory beyond really what you're playing in a few places. Yeah, primarily it's... because they love to mess with their own timeline.
1: It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's story world is very light, and I get why they've done that, because you're meant to focus on the gameplay, which to me just highlights even more. This is a video game. This is artificial. You are on the It's a Small World ride.
0: It's light because it's a legend. It's light because it's a story that you tell to a child. Like when you tell a fairy tale of a story, you don't go into the background of, you know, oh, uh, actually the shoemaker has been renting this on a lease. And actually uh, the interest in the area is really bad because the king's at war with another kingdom. So those elves coming out at night uh, to make those shoes. Well, the reason they're really good at making shoes is because their race was originally a cobbler race that uh, formed out. of Like the, it's not that. It's the elves come out, they make the shoes, the shoemaker is saved by the kindness of the stranger oh. of these elves. Okay,
1: yeah, and I, I I, don't need to know about interest rates in the setting of every <laughs> game I play. I am not <laughs> asking for that. But what I am saying is that when used properly, lore involves st- D- law inspires and feeds storytelling. Like the best Dungeons & Dragons campaigns. And I'm sorry to bring it back to tabletop <laughs> RPGs. I apologise, I have a problem. But the best Dungeons & Dragons campaigns, the DM doesn't need to explain the law of the world. Because mm. the law is soaked through everything. It's soaked through the descriptions of the city you're in, he gives you, each or she. It's shaped in the... It's shaped in the why the quote-unquote dungeon-like thing that you're exploring is built and how it functions and why that society has had it. It's in it's in how their characters talk, and the Legend of Zelda just felt very barren to me, and it felt like that barrenness there was because it wanted me to concentrate on playing it as a video game.
0: I, I, the thing I would say is, if The Legend of Zelda took the level of attention to lore that you want it to take, it would not be this video game. It would be something more like Fallout, which is a slow-moving RPG with a lot of characters talking for a lot of time, establishing a lot of world-building and lore, and it's just not that. It, it gets, it's an adventure. It isn't that. It's a it, game...
1: You can do faster-paced games that do this. Like
0: What faster-paced game has that level of attention? Horizon. No, Horizon is slow as anything. Sam, I've played Horizon. The first 10 hours of the game are like a YA novel. Like, also, to point out again, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn is not The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time because Horizon Zero Dawn is explicitly an open-world video game in the sense of you get quests, there are side things, you level up, you do these things, you build the world out that way. The Legend of Zelda is not that game. But it is,
1: okay, it is an action RPG. I was trying to convey it to an like quote unquote another action RPG. Portal to small world building. Portal 2 is full of look, subtle world building.
0: Let's no, look, yeah. let's let's play let's play this game now. You've just said Horizon Zero, Dawn and Portal. Yeah. These games come out decades after ocarina of time
1: okay, okay. like that
0: this is like me, come on like me, we're going to compare cu- it to portal 2 portal 2 is possibly the best like <gasps> storytelling in any video game that's ever been done okay. like there is no game leaner than portal 2 when it comes to storytelling look
1: mia mia culpa <laughs> most of my video game references are from later i didn't actually get into video games into later in my life than some people i don't really have references before the ps2 I apologise. <laughs> um, so, like, maybe I am being unfair. Maybe I am being unfair. But I need context for an adventure, and that was where it fell down for me. And maybe that's individual. Maybe that's individual reaction.
0: But like, mm. I- I'm telling you now. Like, we we did the quotes at the start from people who love the video game. Yeah. And the point the point is is that to some extent, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is still considered one of the best video games ever made. And it kind of has to, it does have to defend that position. It can't ride on the coattails forever of like, you know, it was the first and therefore the best. I don't think that's, I think that's a terrible way to view like, you know, there are loads of video games that like got to a mechanic first, but crikey, they're a bad game. Um, The, the reason that this, story works for me and doesn't necessarily work for you or i can only speculate why it doesn't work for you in terms of what you've told me I, i'm speaking for you in a way here but okay. the, th- the thing i can speak to that i say it works for me is the simplicity i like that the legend of zelda ocarina of time story is not law heavy i don't like heavy law games i really don't it's one of the main things that puts me off a video game because it make because i could because i feel the weight of like the world building being pushed down onto me. And I'm like, they're going, I just wanna feel things. I don't wanna know things. I wanna feel things. And I think Ocarina of Time it obviously didn't connect to you. The artificiality of it doesn't connect to you. And I think that is something that its age has given it that will over time slowly erode away at it. The fact it doesn't have voice acting, side note, it shouldn't have voice acting. Nintendo are really bad at hiring voice actors.
1: I, I will take a word from that, as we've discovered I'm a law novice. But I, 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 I want to circle back to this point, because the reason I bring up law is because it's, it's a game that is explicitly set in a fantasy kingdom, and to get to know people, I think to some extent, you need to get to know the society they live in and the pressures that that has put on them to make them the people they are. What I actually love... And it's not lore. It's not lore that connects me to a video game story. Mm. It is character. And yeah, I... it's super
0: light on character. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, like the- <sighs> Link being an empty vessel. I mean, the point of Link is you are Link. Link has never spoken in the video games outside of, ah! Um and the idea is is that you are supposed to impose yourself on it is that is that gordon freeman mentality to storytelling you don't talk so you can immerse yourself and it's kind of a bit cheap
1: it's it's a bit cheap and also if you're going to do that you should probably in by the 2020s have an option to select link to be female identifying uh because well it's, it's not meant to it's not you... made in the 2020s
0: okay. Okay. it's made in nineteen ninety, yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm
1: talking about how they're still not doing it in breath of the wild um well I... breath
0: of the wild breath of the wild has way more story and lore and there is a specific reason that the world in that way is built that way Like, i'm not going to try and defend <laughs> it from the perspective of link can't be a woman there is explicitly a female link in some of the games okay um okay it's but... more the idea that, that that if you if you want a legend of zelda game with a lot of lore Breath of the Wild is your game. Oh,
1: yeah, but okay, well uh, I am not the sort of nerd with a stack of fantasy novels who is demanding lore in my games. What I am demanding is <laughs> a personal journey, and as as I think you know, my favourite video game of all time is The Last of Us Part Two. Because uh, that... I just want to take a
0: moment to say that Neil Druckmann considers Ocarina of Time one of the five video games that most inspired the way he makes video games. Continue.
1: Sure. But <laughs> uh i'm guessing you um you knew i was gonna bring that up
0: i did yeah. i did <gasps> okay are there any other game developers you really like
1: <laughs> um is there a quote from ken levine in there
0: epona is the best horse in all of video games according to ken levine
1: <laughs> thank you very much um anything from the makers of uh kentucky Route zero I don't know. Okay. Um, but the reason I love The Last of Us Part 2 is because it is such a character focused story, and I know a lot of people at the time complained, among other less savoury reasons, about The Last of Us Part two because they felt that Ellie wasn't taking the decisions that they, very rational manly men, would have taken in that situation. But I love that Ellie is a broken mess, and I love that I get to know her character and get inside her head and see her making these terrible decisions that absolutely make sense for her character. And I get so emotionally attached to her because she's so fascinating and... I I get to feel like I'm inside her head and
0: but but but, but the Legend of Zelda the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is not trying to tell its story in the same way that The Last of Us Part 2 does. Explicitly one of the things that the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time doesn't really do in the same way that The Last of Us Part 2 does is force you down a path and tell you and and make you like like the thing that the thing that The Last of Us Part 2 is is like viciously aggressively linear like not like ocarina of time is linear in the sense that there is only one way through the game there's only one way to get through it but what ocarina of time frequently does is just unlock and let you walk around wherever you want to go whereas the last of us part two is like is a series of events that occur to the character like in quick succession as it were there's no there's no real there's a few moments of like downtime in that game as it were but like there's no I mean, you want to talk about world building. The world building in The Last of Us Part 2 is explicitly done through storytelling. Like, you don't, you do not get a moment to explore that world outside of the very specific, like, level design moments. So I think the comparison there, like, I mean, again, you've picked a game where the protagonist is explicitly characterised, Link is deliberately not characterised... You've also picked a game that came out last year. The Legend of Zelda came out in nineteen
1: ninety eight. Again, Mia culpa. My cultural <laughs> references are too recent. I apologize. Um, but,
0: but, but can you can you not see how the Ocarina of Time gets to the Last of Us Part Two?
1: I can. I can. I, I I can see its influence. Like I am not here to be a complete idiot and say <laughs> I I don't think the that. Yeah and say that I don't think Ocarina of Time has been influential. Of course it's been influential. Of course it's been influential. Every developer under the sun, which you have a book of quotes from, (laughs) has said that this has been a massive influence on them. What I don't get is that, like, connection from influential to... And I hate to... And I didn't want to bring this up too much... I don't get that connection from influential to best game ever made. The Earl of Sandwich, when he asked for two bits of bread to hold his meat so he didn't get grease on his playing cards, unquestionably made the most influential sandwich in history. Yeah. Did he make the best sandwich in history? Probably not. He didn't even use butter.
0: Yeah. First does not mean best. You're quite right. But I think... So I think I think the thing that means... So look, nostalgia is a huge element of it in terms of why Ocarina of Time landed. Because much as you've brought up Fallout as like, no, 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 there was good storytelling in games before Ocarina of Time. There was no game that told its story like Ocarina of Time. There was no game that told its story in that way, I would argue. Because... Largely, the storytelling in Ocarina, while it does stop to have like literal text bubbles, and there are moments you would like consider cutscenes in the sense that like the game rests control from you to show you around a thing and then gives you back control, most of the storytelling in Ocarina of Time is through looking around the world, is through doing your quest. And I think that goes on to influence the way that games are developed in the future. Like it comes up the same year as Half Life and these these are the two these are the two games that go on to define how story is told in video games and one like oversimplification one is a westernized perspective on that and one is an eastern perspective on that and to some degree those separations still exist the legend of zelda's design influences in terms of like specific items to solve puzzles like action games are to some degree like it's only recently that it's really changed action games are actually largely defined by puzzles like, it's rare that you get a 3D action-adventure game that doesn't have Zelda-type puzzles in it because Zelda was the one that progenerated this. And I think the important thing to say about The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the reason it's still held up is because it's still better than most video games. It's still better than 90% of the stuff that's going to come out this year. And it's still going to be more memorable and enjoyable to the people who play like you picked it up and played it for the first time and i know that you've i mean you've invented a bizarre problem for yourself with the controls but i know if i was to pick up the legend of zelda ocarina of time and play it through to beginning to end now i would still enjoy it more than i enjoy most video games
1: i think it is it is time to address the elephant in the room and the elephant in the room is that i am playing this for the first time as a remake 23 years after it came out at the on a age... pretty
0: bad format as well oh. like the 2DS is not a comfortable console
1: <laughs> it was actually better than i'd heard um but i'm i'm playing this game at the age of 28 for the first time and hmm. having having not played that many games that came out around the era like i did own a playstation one but i got it that not that long before the ps2 came out and i think i had like five games for it um and i i i cannot have that nostalgia for it and to to include an example that is maybe slightly more relevant as a comparison even though it came out Late, two console generations later, I recently started replaying Assassin's Creed 2. And I think I'm. Because we know each other pretty well, Louis. I don't think Assassin's Creed 2 is a game that you have particularly fond memories of. If you've even played um,
0: it. I have played it. Um, go on. Okay. I just. I just...
1: No, no, like. Assassin's okay. Creed two is still a game I love. Replaying yeah, okay. it recently, I can see some of the flaws in its mechanics, like you've described seeing some of the flaws in its mechanics of and it's of, storytelling. Of, of, of Ocarina.
0: It's got really bad storytelling gone.
1: Okay, now I love the storytelling and Assassin's Creed two can there's, still There's one no, word that ruins
0: the entire storytelling okay, of Assassin's okay, Creed, okay. which is the word future.
1: Okay. But the reason I bring it up is part of the reason that game still has such a huge emotional impact on me, such an, a strong emotional hold on me was because mm. A, I played it at a really formative part of my life. It was a okay, it, yeah, yeah. it was a big part of um, it was actually a big part of my first um, relationship. Um, and because of those associations, I, I still would rank Assassin's Creed 2 among my personal top five favorite games because okay. I have that strong attachment to its story and, and I enjoy it as a game. But it's more about that time in my life and it's more about the associations there.
0: Would you make the argument that Assassin's Creed 2 is one of the greatest games ever made?
1: Um, How much have I had to drink?
0: No, no, but no, but like like you work at a magazine, they're putting together a top 100 list of video games, they're down to the top five. For some reason, for some reason, Assassin's Creed 2 has not been pitched at this stage by you, despite the fact we've made it clear that it's one of your favourite games. Yeah. Are you going to try and make the pitch that Assassin's Creed 2 should be one of the top five video games of all time?
1: Probably not. But I have argued that it should be in the title. Okay,
0: top. okay, okay, that's good. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> I agree with this idea of personal favourites. I have personal favourites. I am someone who will go to the hilt for something like Brutal Legend, which was, you know, people don't particularly like, but I think it's great. And it's. You know, it's a, there's a personal reason there why I like it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I would never go to bat to say Brutal Legend is one of the best video games ever made. The game's got enormous flaws in lots of different ways. I would go to bat for The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and say it should be in that top five somewhere. Like, Okay. And maybe that's maybe that's the cultural hegemony. Maybe that's just the, like, the idea of the way the world is. I'm I'm not alone in this. Like, when you say the story doesn't connect with you, you have to acknowledge it connects with other people. When you say that you don't like the gameplay... You have to acknowledge other people of the gameplay. When you're saying that you're struggling with the controls, you have to acknowledge that loads of people finish this game and love it, and the controls are not like a, a large cultural issue with this game. Like I think it's fair enough to say that there's lots of like individual elements about Ocarina of Time that you don't like on a personal level, but I think if you look at it in a broader context, there's a there's a reason this game is still around. There's a reason this game got remade for the 3DS. And it still landed those top scores. And it still resonates with people. Because sometimes a remake can, can show the cracks. Sometimes a remake can destroy the mythos of a game. It can ruin what people think they love about it. Are
1: we talking and about I Ratchet think, 2016?
0: Well, I, well you're going to hate me. I definitely prefer Ratchet 2016 to the original. But that's because I like the game and I don't care for the story of Ratchet as much.
1: Okay. Um, um.
0: <laughs> but like, like the point is, like you're saying the story didn't connect with you... But you've got to acknowledge it does connect with people.
1: You know what? I I have to because I I have I have to acknowledge that because I know of the cultural hegemony, but I don't get it. I don't get it. I feel like I'm the person running into the street shouting "Soylent Green" is people because <laughs> I I really don't see it. I think it is, and you know what? Maybe it's the A button. Ugh.
0: Let's let's try and end it on a real. Oh God! I'm hoping you agree with me on this, Sam. I really, really hope. Okay. Because this, for me, is f- to my mind the universally agreed point on Ocarina of Time. Okay. That is true. So I don't. I know you're playing it on the 2DS, which I I think might have impacted this somewhat because I don't know how you play handheld games. Certainly, if you played them the way I do, it will have been impacted. Mm. The thing for The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time that for me makes it a game that emotionally connects to me in a way that I can't fully articulate or explain Mm. is that I think the music is probably my favourite video game soundtrack of all time. In particular, the way it uses the Ocarina to make you play these songs, uses them in different contexts, builds motifs throughout the game... And then, again, you won't have experienced it yet because it's the end of the game. But in particular, the song Zelda's Lullaby, even thinking about it now, I have goosebumps about the song Zelda's Lullaby. It absolutely... I think the reason a lot of people are emotionally invested in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is because of its music and the way it uses its music. The way that it makes music part of the mechanics of the game and the way that it uses like, the music then associates to characters, and the music associates to certain parts of the world, and certain moments in the game, and I I was playing it beforehand as a way to G myself up for this, because I, kn- I knew that this podcast was going to be full of full of aggressive negative points I wasn't going to agree with. I've tried um, not to be aggressive. <laughs> but, like, I, I implore you, if you haven't already, like, the originals are, like, I think even on the 3DS they are MIDI files, there's only, like, they're they're, like, Uh, they're not an orchestra there are orchestral versions of the Legend of Zelda soundtrack if there's one thing Nintendo can do without question it's compose a song like all of their franchises have a memorable song Mario's got five to himself Mario's got five of the most recognizable pieces of music in video game history and I think Ocarina of Time has definitively one of the best soundtracks in video games purely on a composition level
1: is there a question coming
0: do, do you like it
1: the answer is yes but um, oh
0: okay but, but let's do yes let's do yes a little bit first let's do
1: I think they're good tunes um, they are I think, they're I think, memorable I think, I think yeah they're, they're incredibly memorable they're incredibly memorable they're incredibly distinct they are really good themes in a way that stands out they are instantly recognizable in terms of creating like a franchise theme and a franchise motif they absolutely do their jobs and i yeah. think in a world where i had been more emotionally connected with this game i could absolutely see myself listening to this soundtrack a lot
0: yeah yeah i think in particular like again it's kind of a moment you've not hit yet but zelda's lullaby lands out away way in the ending That really, like...
1: There's some really good music in there, and, like I say, if if, if I had loved this game and wanted to go back and feel those feelings again, I would absolutely play this soundtrack. But... There's
0: just definitely some moments you don't want to live again. (laughs)
1: look if 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 the theme um for the fire temple comes on that'd be an issue um but yeah
0: yeah it's gonna it's gonna give you the anxiety again yeah
1: um the but is and i think this is at least partially because of the time it was released and Mm. like the technology was maybe not there to do to like have a dynamic soundtrack in the way we would use them today. I don't think the soundtrack always serves the mood of the game in the way that it's used. Like there are certain like particular moments where you can where you know they've chosen a song mm-hmm. for that particular moment and it highlights that moment and it works really well. Like how are you talk talking about how they use Zelda's lullaby at a particular moment. But where yeah. the where the soundtrack is being used as background music, and the game can't always tell exactly what order you're going to go to places, or what mood it should be evoking when you go to places. The standout example being when I left the silence of uh, the destroyed castle town and got sunny day jingle in a second, of the mood Hyrule Field. died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the soundtrack I mean... always serves the game.
0: That That is that is explicitly a limitation of the era. I don't think there's any video game that has a dynamic soundtrack in that era of games. Gosh, I don't even know when the first dynamic soundtrack would even be. Oh no,
1: yeah, me, yeah this, is, this is me going, I understand this is a limitation of the cartridge, as is the limitation of the animation and Link seeming to have only one facial expression.
0: He has to he is shocked as well.
1: Okay, Um, yeah, that really establishes him as a character, doesn't it? But, um, yeah, I. I,
0: I... Ganondorf comes out of the castle. He looks shocked. He wakes up. He is definitely surprised. But. He is. (laughs) Yeah, I. When he's older, he looks a bit angry.
1: Good tunes, not used always at their best.
0: But I think even then, like, uh,. Off the top of my head, I could I could give you five songs from this game that are, like... And they're brilliant. Like, you mentioned Hyrule Field's theme. Hyrule Field's theme is the most... Oh, gosh, that G's me up for an adventure. And, like, when that initially hits, when you first leave Cockery Forest for the first time and talk to an owl for 12 minutes, um, the sense of adventure you get from that song as you go to Hyrule Castle for the first time is exciting. Like, I've never... I, I can't think of, like... I just don't know if it's the way that we do video game music these days and if it's something that's sort of like, as you say, it's sort of like the gaminess of it almost. Like, even Breath of the Wild does adapt to have an adaptive soundtrack, and as a result, I can't really hum you a tune from Breath of I, the Wild.
1: I, I I think it's partly because the the way video games, even I guess some Nintendo games, are trying to mimic movies... And I think at the moment we're going through a really shit phase of movie soundtracks. So if you're a video game trying to mimic mimic something that isn't doing its job particularly well, you're going to end up with stuff that isn't particularly doing its job very well. Like two examples uh, that came out or finished coming out within the last year. That use music incredibly well are mentioned previously in this podcast. Last of Us Part Two and um, Kentucky Route Zero. Kentucky Route Zero can in particular. You, um, can you hum me a tune from
0: The Last of Us Part Two? I said
1: uses music. Its soundtrack is also not wonderful, but some of the existing songs like, that it incorporates. But that's a
0: perfect. Uh, yeah, that's a perfect example of it being like the movie soundtrack that you suggested. Like The Last of Us Part Two uses existing popular music very well.
1: So, okay then, I will. I will. I will limit my counter argument to Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, I
0: don't. I unfortunately haven't played Kentucky Route Zero. Um, I have heard the music is good in it. I've heard it in particular the thing that's very good about Kentucky Route Zero is that it's very atmospheric. Yes. Um, which is obviously, which is something I do think this game achieves. I think it's limited by its time, but I think the bottom of the well is terrifying. Uh, I think the forest temple's very creepy and eerie. Um. Like I said, Hyrule Field itself fills me with a sense of adventure and, like, like joie de vie. It makes me feel ready to go out somewhere.
1: The, the problem is you you, you can't, like, guess a person's emotional reaction to things. Like, I I don't want to bring this back up, but I remember we were talking in our, sort of, Witcher 3 conversations. I was like, but hmm. didn't you get emotional at this point? And you were like, no, and now we've got it the other way around, where you're going, but Sam, didn't you feel something at this point? And I'm going, I felt <laughs> nothing. Um...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think think there's a... But I think, like, kind of... I hate... We are going to do the... I'm going to do the thing where I sort of put them next to each other. Yeah. I think, actually, The Witcher 3 and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time are, in a way, the perfect way to explain how two things can be the same thing and also be the complete opposite of each other. Because they're both... They're both Sword and Shields fantasy third-person action video games. Yes. And the thing with The Witcher 3 is... The Witcher 3... The thing that I found with it is that it was obsessed with telling me its story. It's like, talk to this person, I'll talk to this person, I'll talk to this person. Cutscene, 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 dialogue, 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 fight, fight a little bit, dialogue, dialogue, cutscene, cutscene. And it was like, it was like, I have i have so much story to tell you. I've I've got a whole world. Like, go there, go and talk to him. Every person in this world has something to say or something to do. And they were like ecstatic at like the the level of writing they've done. And like and then the gameplay was like it's like, fine, good, perfectly fine, but definitely not what they cared about. They cared about the story and the gameplay was like, okay, the gameplay is good enough. Let's get onto the story. Whereas I feel like The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is like, uh, we want to take you on an adventure and we want to make you play it. So, we're going to design a temple, and the temple's going to be this intricate lockbox of different things. And, da, 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 da. and what's our motivation? You need to get these three things, and that's a tree. And that tree's old and dying, and you need to save him. And it's like, it's more like they went, We need enough story to justify the gameplay. Whereas, which the three is like, We need enough gameplay to justify the story. Okay. I completely agree. Yeah, and I think I think that's, like, the the way that this, like, I think that perfectly explains the dichotomy. I don't,
1: I don't want to bring it back to, sort of, like, Dungeons & Dragons. Do you mind?
0: I mean, I feel like bringing up Dungeons & Dragons is... it's not... Oh, no, no. no Dungeons okay, & no. Dragons is not video games. Okay, it's
1: a frame of reference for me. And, um, like, yeah. okay, there are, I think, broadly two types of Dungeon Masters... There's the the kind who's made an incredibly intricate story and wants to tell you this story and is begrudgingly having to build dungeons (laughs) and design encounters as an excuse to tell you this story they've made up. I am that kind of dungeon master. And there's uh, those types of dungeon masters also tend to be ex-theatre kids. Um, And there's the other type of dungeon master usually who did a maths degree in my experience <laughs> who go oh fine there's a story you're adventurers and there's a princess and a bad guy who gives who cares uh what i really want to show you is this puzzle dungeon i've designed and yeah i think that is the dichotomy
0: yeah i 100% agree i feel i feel like the shigeru miyamoto is one of the most visionary like designers of video games what he's not is a good writer he's a pretty he's a pretty bad writer to be fair and the reason the legend of zelda series particularly in recent years has started to flourish is because he no longer directs them and there are people who care more about the story who do a lot more work in that regard i personally don't care for it one of my favorite things about the most recent entry breath of the wild is that you can largely ignore the story but it is there and you can go and find cutscenes with full voice acting and boy oh boy do i not want them (laughs) Um, not because they're even particularly bad but just because that's not why i play these games i don't play these games to find out the lore. and like there's a there's like a pretty cool story in breath of the wild in a similar it has a similar idea of this time skip um of a hundred years and like this sort of what happened to the world while you were asleep yeah um but i i i wanna play the puzzles. I want to figure out how to open that chest. I want to use the hookshot to get up there and do the thing. And then one of the things I love about Ocarina of Time, for me at least, was that while I was doing that, it kept putting these musical motifs in my head. It kept making me associate moments with characters. It kept making me go through all these things to the extent where by the end of the game, even though I don't care about like the characters of the Legend of Zelda, I still got a little bit choked up because it's really clever at making sure that the music lands in the right places. Um and I look, I I, I really, really love the um the fact that look, I, I think one of the problems that we've had here is I've had I've given you Ocarina of Time because it's supposedly the best video game ever made, which is already a target on its back.
1: Yeah. It it didn't help it. Obviously. It didn't help
0: it. And I know it's not the Legend of Zelda game that you would like the most. I know it's not, and I think part of that is, I think if I was to give you one that I'm like... Yeah, because I'm
1: interested in this, yeah.
0: There's, there are two Legend of Zelda games that I feel like probably had the best shot, and they're for very different reasons. Mm. The first of which would be Breath of the Wild, largely because it's the most recent. You can control the camera. Um, like, <laughs> it's it's like, it's modernised, and also it's like, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is like a very bold video game, particularly compared to other entries in the Zelda. For example, Sam, in the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you have weapons and they break. You don't have one sword throughout the game. You have multiple different weapons that you have to maintain a catalogue of. Like, you have to maintain and build weapon, not weapons, uh, recipes and food in order to heal things. You don't get anything for granted. Like, did you actually Did you get Epona in this game? Did you manage to get Epona the horse?
2: No.
0: Again, lovely moment wonderful the wonderful thing about Epona, again is that Epona's song is a thing that can link through that's really lovely and nice um and also uses the time travel mechanic which the game makes very sparse use of um but the the it's, but in breath of the wild like you have to get a horse and then keep it at a stable and look after like you can't just you can't just magically summon a horse anymore um it's a game and it's like as a game it's definitely a better game like the systems in like, you know how you're saying like you weren't sure how an item was going to work or if something was going to work because of the game's weird internal logic? Yeah. Everything about Breath of the Wild is physics and systems based. There is no internal aim- adventure game logic. If something should work, it does. Okay. So that's something that's really appealing about it. Like you can see insane things people are doing in that game. They can fly across the entire map using heat waves and like using bombs and things to take enemies. It's incredible. It's a, It's a really wonderful way to play it. The other one and I'm reluctant to recommend it to you because it's because it's the direct sequel to Ocarina of Time. If you do care, if you want to try and care about the story in The Legend of Zelda, you've got it with you in that case. Majora's Mask is probably the best it gets, but I'll warn you now, it's not because it's got deep characters. It's because Majora's Mask is unquestionably the saddest video game ever made. It is so depressing and so bleak, and like it's about death, it's about recurring death, it's about people losing hope and radicalization, and like it's just I couldn't believe it when I played it I was like this is this is a i it's very good, it's harder, a lot harder um and it has a really cool time loop mechanic that's also the worst thing about it um <laughs> but like it's diff- the problem is is that we went i had to give you Ocarina of Time because it's the best video game ever made and to give you another one would be wrong basically there's no way and i wasn't going to give you Link to the Past because i don't like Link to the Past that much <laughs> okay um but like this this is kind of like if you think about how the most popular flavor of ice cream in the world is vanilla yes it's not it's not because vanilla is the most flavourful ice cream. It's not because vanilla is anyone... It's not... It's a bit of an unfair comparison. It's not because vanilla is necessarily most people's favourite flavour of ice cream. But you'd be incredibly hard-pressed to find somebody who actively hates vanilla. It's just, it's just like the most straightforward thing that explains what ice cream is. And to some extent, that's Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time is ice cream, vanilla flavoured, and then all subsequent Zelda games are like flavours against it that you'll either love or despise. There are some people who think Wind Waker is the best one. I think Wind Waker is one of the worst ones. There are some people who think Twilight Princess is the best one. You might like Twilight Princess, Sam. It has eight hours of dialogue. It's just... (laughs) It's, it's establishing some it, it framework
1: a di- where the amount I like a video game correlates with amount of spoken <laughs>
0: dialogue. I mean, look, I'll tell you now. If you want one with lore, oh my god, Twilight Princess just won't shut up. <laughs> um, I like Twilight Princess. I like I like the Legend of Zelda series, but I can tell you the faults in all of them. The fault The fault with Ocarina of Time that I would say is that it has bizarre obtuse puzzles between the temples. I don't think there's anything I would complain about its story. Like it's not a deep story. It's not you know. It's not the Last of Us Part Two. You're not gonna. Nobody's dead by the end. Um. Well, the bad guy. He's not. He's banished. Um. It, like sent him away. Yeah. It's not. It's not about trying to. I don't know how to put it. It seems. It seems so interesting to me that when I read all the criticism from 1998, and indeed a lot of these retrospectives, a lot of people kept pointing to this as one of the most immersive, and like. Um, emotive games they've ever played. I don't think that's true for me. I think Ocarina of Time is one of the most charming puzzle boxes I've solved.
1: We talked about its game elements, and I think that that's maybe a bigger problem for me than it would be for you. And I think that's what killed the charm of it for me. And then at that point, I was left with the puzzle box, which... I think you might agree varies in quality?
0: I would not agree. Okay. I think the temples are the best thing about this video game and the reason I would, in, in in that theoretical editorial room, I'm going look, we're putting Ocarina of Time somewhere in the top five. It doesn't, I wouldn't say it has to be number one. I think there's a lot of arguments you can make. I mean, it's, part of me is a little bit like, it's a bit depressing that it's been 23 years and apparently we've not done any better. Like, we've done better. There are there are games that objectively do what Ocarina of Time originally succeeded in. There are things that other games have done better. I don't think I can point to another video game outside of the Legend of Zelda series that is a better The Legend of Zelda. Nothing nothing else is like The Legend of Zelda.
1: No, but is The Legend of Zelda and video game a one to one? I guess would be my question because I as I said earlier if you said Sam, this is one of the the one of the most influential video games of all time. I would absolutely agree with you. Best? No. I'm sorry.
0: I well, no, Mia because corporate. it's the it's the it's the it's the best of what it is. There is there is no that like it, there is no Legend of Zelda game equivalent. There are games that have had a go nothing's ever managed to be The Legend of Zelda in terms of the way that video games are made. Like, I hate to do it because I'm now picking on it, I'm like, I'm deliberately going for things that you hold dear There are a lot of games like The Last of Us Why Part must 2 you hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> Like, The Last of Us Part 2 is a third person shooter, survival story-led video game Yes. That is most video games that are released today
1: Yeah, it is
0: and like, don't get me wrong, The Last of Us Part 2 is like top of the class in terms of that type of video game. It is one of the best. It has some of the best tech and some of the best like uh, art, like artistic merit behind it. It has good writing and characterization. But but it's not unique in its class. No. There's nothing like The Legend of Zelda.
1: Sure. Um, but I guess then we come down to the subjective thing of, is... Is that class better than all other classes? Yes, it's top of its class. But is that the best class? And I think that's subjective. And I.
0: Well, we'll put it this way: yeah. if you're in the editorial room trying to t- tra- trying to draw up that list of the best video games of all time, yes, you get round to. It's fine. I've tried to put Assassin's Creed Two on there and been fired. Uh... <laughs> no, it's probably it's probably somewhere in the eighties or nineties. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um it pro- it probably would. It probably would make the 80s or 90s. But the thing about Assassin's Creed 2 is, I mean for one thing, wow, you have a lot of choice of Assassin's Creed games. Um but like f- third-person action-adventure game with slight stealth mechanics. Um like like when if you talk about Assassin's Creed 2, uh, even if you talk about The Last of Us even, uh, the game that you're going up against there are things like Metal Gear Solid. You're going up against like Hitman games. You're going up against uh i'm trying to think of like you know for the sake of argument gears of war the last of us part two probably beats gears of war in that argument um but there's a lot of discussion there you put forward the legend of zelda ocarina of time there's no the only thing that's going to beat it is the legend of zelda whatever other game is personal preference to that thing there's no game that goes up against ocarina of time for that thing and so while you might not like what the legend of zelda is objectively other people really do like, I don't like um, large-scale strategy games, so I'm probably not going to like Crusader Kings 2. And I could probably describe to you all of the reasons I would find that game incredibly boring. But I acknowledge Crusader Kings 2 is among the best of its class. And if I'm sat there in that editorial room and we're going, we really should put a strategy game in this list, I'm not going to say no to Crusader Kings 2. I'm not going to tell you that, actually, I don't like Crusader strategy games so i don't think any should make this list similarly with the legend of zelda you might not like the legend of zelda ocarina of time but there's there's nothing else out there that's like the same type of game
1: i i I understand that argument and i guess i guess the thing i would then say is Okay, you're in that editorial room. We're in that editorial room, and we said, all let right, right, we've got to put a strategy game on there. None of us really like strategy games, but what's the best one? Probably Crusader Kings 3. We'll stick it on there somewhere in the top ten. I'm not making hmm. the argument that that strategy game we have to include is number one.
0: That's true, and that's why I keep going back to top five. Um... <laughs> but i think as well like i mean i'm trying to i'm trying to chuck it out as if we're in the editorial position yeah and we're not this is a personal podcast and a personal series yes uh you know i my my conclusion on the witcher 3 wasn't the same as yours no i would still i would still make the case that i i still feel like i've been negatively framing it i want to i want to say now at the end of this incredibly long episode we hope you've had fun (laughs) yeah yeah i've probably edited out quite a lot of this um (laughs) I hope you know that I did like The Witcher Three by the end. I hope you know that I would still give it like a thumbs up review. I do now. <laughs> like like I I you know, like like you know, back of the packet maths, it's it's like seven and a half, eight out of ten, depending on what mood I'm in. Like I'm still giving it a positive review. I'm just it's just I'm not I'm not in the position where I feel like I'm enamored with it. I don't feel like you would give Ocarina of Time a positive review.
1: If I'm being perfectly honest. And this is incredibly personal. Mm. The thing that probably killed Ocarina of Time... like In terms of personal preference, the thing that killed Ocarina of Time was... I found the narrative component lacking. That was me being incredibly technical to try and be as nice as possible. But the thing... But I would still maybe have given it like a positive write-up if the rest of the game was like The Water Temple. And like, I, 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 I can't like,
0: get over that i can't I, I, get over that
1: can i just say i apologize to everyone listening but i would still give it a positive write-up if it didn't have those obtuse elements and didn't give me geographic anxiety it is very right. difficult for me to give a positive write-up to a game that gave me an anxiety attack or came close to giving me an anxiety attack, because I was able to pause it anytime I felt one coming on. But that 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 was the killer. It was it was the level design. It was the geography, and that film's like a really dumb place to end a review of Ocarina of Time. That the geography was the bit that hurt me. <laughs> that hurt but, you the most. That's the God's honest truth. I'm sorry.
0: Well, this has told me two things, Sam. Yes. The first of which is I am never assigning you a Metroid game because, oh my gosh, you would lose your mind. I also
1: came to that realisation a couple of days ago I can never play a Metroidvania.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very map-based. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the second one is, is that I'm wrong. The two Legend of Zelda games I recommended to you are, are widely quite loved, so I should probably recommend something to you like Skyward Sword which is rev- like not liked by its fans cuz clearly that's the one you would actually love. <laughs> um even though even though Sam I think Skyward Sword is my favorite Legend of Zelda game but don't tell anyone I've hidden it at the end of a 2 hour podcast. <laughs> um my I like sheep. motion controls. I refuse <laughs> to back down. Um, <laughs> I mean look Sam this is this has been I need to ask you the question is this the best video game you've ever played?
1: Now, I almost feel the answer has to be yes, because given that no, this, is my, this no, is my only answer no. for the podcast, what's the competition? But, um, because Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time took me so long to play, I have not ended even up done. playing other new games during, during the this time period. <laughs> <laughs> and... All of them beat it. So no. For the sake of argument, chuck
0: a couple out. Chuck a couple out. What was was better than Ocarina of Time in your book?
1: Um, Kentucky Route Zero. Kentucky Route Zero is a game that I've been vaguely aware of play for the first time have instantly fallen in love with and is probably among my top five games of all time now i think it's better than witcher 3
0: um do you know do you know what sam i don't think you would be alone i don't i think that i think there is definitely a group of people that exist outside of you that think kentucky route zero is better than ocarina of time
1: and they will be my friends
0: This is the thing. I think it's fair to say that the majority of people... No, no, no. A plurality of people in the world of video games think Ocarina of Time is the best video game ever made. But I don't I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that that it's a universal truth. Like, I definitely can think of video games I like more than Ocarina of Time on an entirely personal level. To some degree, I would argue, on an objective level. But there are definitely, like, video games that I love that I know people like there there are video games to my mind that are objectively brilliant that i have seen people drag through the mud and i'm in complete confusion as to how that's possible like
1: i know exactly what game you're talking about (laughs) i don't know if you do actually soulstorm
0: no 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 that game i look i i love old world soulstorm but yeah no that game is a buggy mess and it really needs to be fixed okay um i mean like bioshock i know people who hate bioshock with a passion And to me, Bioshock is like, no, 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 that's what, that's, that's like how video games should be. That's one of the best things that anyone has ever managed to make in the world of video games. But I know some people who are like, oh God, what a boring, dreary game. And I'm like, how? But like, I don't know. I feel like we've, got, we, we've kind of... We've drifted off the last question that was meant to end the podcast. We have, we have, we have. Is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time the best video game we've played? No. Yeah. We've heard you say that now. Yeah. Kentucky Route Zero is better. And I think that's fair enough because all opinions are subjective and all of that. But I think, you know, I mean, like, it's it's fair enough that you didn't like this one. I guess this can't be for everyone. It's not, it's not like you've never played, like, Super Mario Brothers or anything. Sam? Yeah. Sam, you you played Super Mario Brothers, right?
1: I've I've played level one one.
0: What? I can't believe that after two hours you need an an epilogue to this podcast. That was it. That was all of it. That was the whole. He didn't like it. I gave him a of time and he didn't like it. I don't I don't know how I'm going to win here. I don't know what the objective of the... It's bizarre to me. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you like the show, review, subscribe it. Uh, this is currently all of the episodes I have recorded and ready to go. Uh, there's going to be a gap now between recordings. It might Consider this the end of Series 1. Uh, there might be a couple of, of podcasts that sneak in between now and the start of Series 2. Just little follow-ups on uh, on a similar vein. But this is it for the regular schedule for a while. When I come back, hopefully there'll be some uh, new guests onto the podcast to discuss video games. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening for now. Stay safe out there. Hope you're well.